Hello everyone and welcome back to the Beyond Football Show podcast. Hope you're all well. I'm delighted to introduce my special guest today, Alan March. How are you today, mate? I'm good, Rob. I'm good. How are you? Yeah, all good, all good. Uh, introduce yourself, bud. What do you do in the world of football uh, and sport media? Well, yeah, I was going to say, yeah. <laughs> if, it was, if it was only football, I probably wouldn't look this tired. Um, <laughs> so for the last decade, I've been a commentator and announcer at events around the world, um, ranging from the Olympics, the Paralympics, from Champions League finals. Uh, I was the announcer at the uh, the Asian Champions League final a few years ago um, as well. Uh, I've done Voice of God on ITV's show Splash, uh, and I run a, a company that provides commentators, announcers, hosts, uh, videographers, you name it. I'm not really sure what we don't provide, um, but uh, but yeah, so we, uh, we're a busy bunch. Amazing. Brilliant. So really excited to have you on the podcast today. Thanks so much for coming on. Uh, we've got lots and lots to talk about, obviously, your commentary stuff, uh, your own podcast. And I'm also looking forward to asking you some questions on Footy Kit Market, which is obviously uh, coming to the Twitter community quite recently. And uh, yeah, it's been it's doing really, really well. So uh, let's start off with uh, obviously talking about your commentary business. I'm interested to find out more. Um, so obviously looking on your website, and the information you've got on there. Um, you mentioned when you're starting, when you were um, starting out with your commentary business, uh, you were asked to talk and entertain uh, over 10 years ago. So I'm just wondering what this moment was that got, that got the ball rolling. Um, and yeah, I guess that links into a more general question of what inspired you to get into sports commentary? Um, yeah, do you know what? I must have I must have a word with the people who write my website because uh, because uh, <laughs> now I'm on the spot. So so I I used to work for Hovis um, Bakery in uh, in Nottingham, and I I came across an advert looking for people who enjoyed football. They liked talking, um, and and they would fancy themselves as a bit of a football commentator. So I was like, you know, do you know what? I like the sound of that. I like the idea of that. Sure. So I'll give it a go. And I, I went along to this competition that was organised uh, by the BBC and by the Royal National Institute for the Blind. And the idea was they were looking for people who could commentate for the blind. Um, I didn't know anything about it. And, and I thought, yeah, do you know what? I'll, I'll give that a crack. And uh, I ended up winning this entire competition despite having no background whatsoever. Wow. Um, and and things develop from from being what what is known as an audio describer, uh, which is which is a fair amount of what we do as uh, as a company. Uh, audio description is is the commentary that is for somebody who is vision impaired or sight impaired. Um, so I sort of I ran with that as a volunteer for a little while, and and then it sort of it grew, and I ended up doing commentary at Wembley for 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 the vision impaired. And I met a guy who was like, "Do you think you could do this elsewhere?" And I was like, "Well, you know, I'll, I'll give it a go." So he he asked me to attend a training session uh, for British swimming, uh, and and I know nothing or new I shouldn't say I shouldn't still say that now it's nearly a decade um I I, I know a bit now uh, I knew uh, I knew very little if not nothing uh, about the world of swimming um and he just said look just just talk and entertain and, and see what happens and and I went for this training session and I had to I had to describe a, a, a two-horse race if you like it was two people um in a in a pool and I just went for it uh, you know maybe maybe if I look back now, I'm probably no different to that day now when I'm when I'm announcing or commentating at swimming events. I kind of just put my heart and soul into it, and and it's sort of it's just grown from there. And a lot of my 
see, and it's it's quite funny. I come across as being a bit of a miserable git, um, and I'm really not. I'm really not. It's just maybe my face. It's maybe how my face sits. And I have I have a, a really strange energy when I'm at events. So like people come and they'll walk up to where I'm announcing from the position I'm announcing from, and they'll they'll just sort of take a look at me and think that doesn't match the energy in the voice. This, this 19 stone man doesn't match. You know, where's the, where's the, where's the young guy with all the energy? I'm like, that's me. It just, just doesn't look like me. Um, so yeah, so I just, I saw an opportunity and, and I didn't run with it straight away, but that was kind of the remit is whenever I turn up at events, people are just like, right, just, just talk and be entertaining. And, and I hope that I think a decade down the line, I think that's what I have done. That's amazing. So, so would you say that you've, you've kept, obviously, um, you mentioned at the start um, in regards to your knowledge of the sport will develop over time. So would you say you've, you've been able to keep your, um, keep your style, but obviously evolve as a commentator over time? I think if you don't evolve, and this is, this is probably more generic than just commentary, if you don't evolve, you know, imagine imagine being 50 and being exactly how you were at 20. I, I yeah, don't think yeah. that's right. You know, like I think I think you should want to better yourself. You know, I I didn't always talk like this. Um <laughs> and and I but I but I have always looked like this. I, I always looked old, which is which is fine. But so I think as an individual, you should always look to to evolve. And and, and I know that one of your questions about AMS is is our diversity a little bit later on but but it, I, I put that into everything like I don't I don't want to sit still I do want to sit still I'm lazy but I don't want to sit still in the in, in the sense that I know the world turns and I understand that that things change um so yeah like my my ways of researching have, have been adapted over time um the the amount of time it takes me to to educate myself on a sport I mean I, for me individually I've, I've covered or been a part of over 30 different sports but I will tell you now I retain no information nothing goes in here <laughs> and stays in this massive head of mine um but what I'm very good at is is researching and, and making notes and writing things down and and having the detail that I need uh, each time I go into into a task so yeah parts of me have evolved um I use my voice slightly differently over over the last sort of few years I like famously in the first few years at swimming I would absolutely lose my voice on the last day like not lose it t totally but people would know that I've had like five or six days at it um, yeah, yeah. and I've and I've perfected that now I, I now have a, a, a pretty similar sound but i'm maybe i'm maybe using my voice more wisely uh, and lasting longer i mean i remember i remember being given um, cups of boiling water with lockets in the bottom during the olympics and the paralympics just to try to get me through those last couple of days uh, <laughs> trying to get me some just trying to get me some throat sweets in the in the form of liquid as opposed to chewing on them whilst on the microphone so you know little <laughs> little things each time you you learn little lessons as you go along Amazing. So obviously with that, um, with your evolution over time as a commentator and with your business, was there a certain moment maybe that you can pinpoint looking back where you realised this has turned from a great opportunity where you could propel it forward and really turn it into the business that, that it is today? I, got, I have two answers there. Um, Go for it. I like to hear uh, both. <laughs> the the first one is I never ever think I've achieved anything. Um, you know, like maybe that's the maybe that's the pessimist in me. I'm I'm not I'm not somebody who stands on a on a pedestal and says right this is this is me this is this is where everybody should aspire to be. Mm. Absolutely, absolutely not. I, I, I and I hate the idea of that. 
Um, so, so we are, we are always pushing me as an individual and an AMS and, and, and FKM now as well. So we're always sort of pushing to, to do the next thing. When did I think I could turn it into a business? Um, this is the point where I have to introduce my wife because, uh, it's her fault. Uh, basically <laughs> the last, the last 10 years is definitely her fault. So at the end of, at the end of the Olympics, going into the Paralympics, there was an opportunity for us to turn what was, What's the hobby? I was trying to. I was trying to be a a, a commentator announcer on a, on a more regular basis, mm-hmm. but there was an opportunity for us to turn that into a into a limited company and and sort of go from there and and, and see what we could do. Um, and, and and she takes the credit for that, like that, and, and and quite rightly because she came to me one morning and was like, right, this is this is what we could do next, and this is how we should do it. Um, and she used her massive brain um, and my massive mouth. Uh, and we and that's what we did, you know, as a team. She she's the brains, and and I won't uh, I won't deny Francesca that. And uh, and I'm just I am literally just the mouthpiece. That is that is all it is anymore. <laughs> um, so so she created um, she created the website. She created the the look and the feel of the old logo that we that we used to have. Um, the 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 name of the company was quite easy because it was my name. Uh, so that was that, yeah. that wasn't too difficult. Um, but yeah, just she she just sort of pushed ahead and and she had this idea that we could we could turn it into more and and within a few years she was working full time at the company as well. It wasn't just me then. It was it got it grew into something a lot more a lot, a lot bigger than what what we thought. Amazing. So um, obviously you're talking about the growth of the business, which kind of nicely ties into my um, next question. Obviously you cover a wide variety of services. Um, obviously looking for your website, it's quite it's really impressive. Uh, you know, the amount of stuff that you actually do. So how big is your team at the moment? Um, and what do you look for in an in, in, in an individual when they want to come and join your company? I uh, I read this question and thought, is he going to put a CV in the next message? Yeah. Um, so, 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 yeah, if, if you want to see, if you've got any jobs going, Alan, <laughs> send I it my way. Like, I, I read that and I was like, I've seen, I've seen this sort of question. I am so right, so... Uh, you got to respect the hustle. <laughs> I'm, I'm all over it, mate. I'm absolutely all over it. I've, I've, enjo- I've enjoyed that part of it straight away. So uh, up until up until about a week ago, there was five of us. Um, we've had we've had a <laughs> we, oddly we have had a person leave, uh, but basically they wanted to go back into an industry that they they previously went into. Okay. The, the, the event world is it's kind of strange. Like you've you've got to be ready for it, and it's like. Announcing is one thing, commentating is another, and then we're we're heavily involved with actually putting on events, whether it be a one-day event or five or six or maybe even a two weeks event. And 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 being being able to put your entire heart and soul into that, it, it doesn't work for everybody. Like some people some people are driven by finances, some people are driven by a family life, some people can never quite find that balance. And I think both myself and my wife and, and the two others that, that still work for us now, mm-hmm. we, we've got that balance, like that we, we're yeah. quite good at that. We understand what it takes. So um, I'll give you a, I'll give you a, for instance, one of the guys back in the UK um, over the last, let's say over the last sort of five or six days um, on Thursday, he arrived in Manchester to quarantine for a day um, and be tested for COVID so that he could then commentate on a live stream for swimming on Friday, Saturday and Sunday from Manchester. Um, 
travelled home on Sunday night. Tonight, he travels to Stoke to commentate on, uh, I think it's Free Sport, uh, for the live pool league uh, that they have on, on Free Sport on a Monday. And tomorrow, he'll be back in the office uh, making graphics and videos and, and bits and bobs. And then Wednesday and Thursday, he's out filming uh, for another project for uh, for a motor racing channel. So, you like you you have to be ready for that. You have to be... Sure. I was going to say you have to be physically ready, but that was that's a lie because I'm really fat. Um, so it, it, maybe it's just maybe it's just mentally. You have to be mentally tough to be able to sort of say, right, I'm going to step away from my TV, from my Xbox, from my computer, mm. whatever, for the next four, five, six, ten, fifteen days. I've spent I spent seven weeks in uh, in Rio for the for the Olympics in preparation straight after, um, and then I was straight back there for the Paralympics and being away from home is a huge burden on on anyone and you know so speak to people who work on cruise ships speak to people who work in the army or or on oil rigs and things like that and 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 not having your home and creature comforts around you all the time is, is it's quite tough so at the moment we have we have four people and we all have similar skills and we all excel in in separate areas i i never <laughs> I never got into this to be a businessman. Like, you know, that's the one thing that I think is, is kind of something that always stuns me and, and shocks me. My, my dad tells me every now and again, how proud he is. And, uh, and he's, he's proper miserable. If I think I'm miserable, he's really miserable. And, um, <laughs> and, and every now and again, he will just sort of put his arm around me and tell me he's really proud of me. Cause I think, I think at one point my life was working in a factory um, and just getting drunk. And, and, you know, I didn't, I didn't stop. I didn't go, right, I don't want to do that anymore. I just, it, as you, we talked about earlier, it just evolved from, yeah. I went to work four or five days a week in the factory. And when I wasn't there, I was just eating and drinking. And, and like, that was my life. And there's nothing wrong with, by the way, because I get, I get misjudged by this quote, there's nothing wrong with working in a factory. I've worked in factories, removals, supermarkets. I worked for H&M. You know, I serve yeah. people pants and bras. You know, like I have, I've literally tried everything. I feel like the guy on the the fast show that uh, that did every job, man and boy, because because I tried them. I did, I did what I could when I was younger. So I had no idea where my life was going to go, and I still don't. I'm I'm 40 this year, and I just think to myself, right, I've had a really good 10 years. What does the next 10, 20, 30 hold? I don't know. Um, so we have Brad, uh, who is the youngest of the team, um, and. He is unbelievable in the sense of his age and, and what he achieves for us. Um, I sent him out to to teach audio description to um, foreign speaking nationals via a translator so that we could provide audio description for every country involved in the Euro 2020. Um, okay. and, and for a young guy not long out of university, he, he took to audio description unbelievably well and I was able to to utilize his willingness to learn his ability to teach um and he went off to he went off to places like Bilbao he went off to places like Glasgow and to Denmark and to to, to the Netherlands as well you know he went he went to, to so many different countries and, and and taught audio description in in preparation for for the UEFA Euro 2020 tournament it was a huge obviously for us it was a huge disappointment for it not to happen at the time and we're obviously course, we're yeah, hoping yeah. that something will will come good of it um this summer so so he's he's a huge part of what we do from an AD perspective. He looks after the UK clubs. He he does uh, he does Photoshop work for us. He edits videos for the highlights programs that we do. Uh, then I said then like I said earlier, we we have Stephen, who a wonderful commentator, a wonderful videographer, 
awful timekeeper. Um, and you know, but his his abilities far outweigh his uh, his bad parts. Um, sure. And then my wife is my wife is she's like the glue like so she looks after the hr and the finance side but when we go to events and we we run events for like i said either a day or a week or whatever they are um she's she's what we call the floor manager and and we put her out there in front of the athletes or in front of the the volunteers or the helpers and stuff and she just gets stuff done you know yeah yeah yeah. sometimes i don't even know what she's doing and all of a sudden things just happen like brilliant don't know what he did but what he said great that's that's what you need um and then i just kind of fill whatever roles there are uh, around that we we utilize a, a a wide range of of freelancers um many have become friends we we can we consider ams a family it's not a it's not a business it's a family um i in fact i only apologized today to a guy because i couldn't find him enough work recently and he was like i'm furloughed i'm i'm, I'm just self-furloughed as a as a freelancer and i was like do you know I, I do feel sorry like I, I i've always aimed to give as many of the freelancers work as i could possibly do and i feel useless at times certainly in the in the current climate but i can't just ring all these people that i normally find jobs for and go right here's 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 some work and and here's a job and and you know that 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 kind of hurts me a little bit so yeah i mean i i can imagine it must be difficult so is that is that i I get a sense that that's really important to you almost having that tight-knit family feel to your to your business is that is that right is that is that the kind of ethos that you like to do? Because obviously footy kit market as well. I get the same just from your social media posts and presence. I get the same kind of idea from that. Would you, would you say that's correct? Yeah, it's, it's, it's me as a human. That's what I say. It's, it's funny. Like people, people get the wrong, I think people get the wrong impression of me because I'm a big guy and I'm quite vocal and I'm quite out there. But, but you know, when you get to, when you get to understand and you get to know me, I, I think um, so far we've, so let's take FKM for, for instance, like we've, we've already donated to like three or four different charities within the five months. I think we've been going now for maybe October, I think we started. So, so, you know, we've already donated to, to various charities. Um, I give my time, maybe three or four times a year to various different charities to either host events or at least pre COVID we did uh, to host events and to go to those things. Like I, um, <laughs> I, I famously uh, with, with my friends and with my, uh, with my freelance friends as well. Um, I gave up the opportunity to commentate at Frotch versus Groves at Wembley. Because oh, wow. That, that because famous before, fight. Yeah. Be, before that fight came in um, on our radar, um, somebody got hold of me and said, would, would I be the master of ceremonies at their wedding? And I was like, yeah, why not? Okay, right. Didn't know them. They wanted to, they literally wanted to pay me because they'd heard me on Splash. And I was like, yeah, fine. So I took the Amazing. job and I'm a man of my word. Um, and the frots thing came in. I was like, ah, okay, fine. <laughs> um, so yeah, so like that's, that I think to me, when I look at, when I look back at what I'm like as a human, I think that, that for me epitomizes how I think about things. You know, if, if I've said I'll do something, I'll, I'll try and do it, and and to the best of my ability. Um, and you know, like we've we've reached out with Football Kit Market and said, like one of the, and we did this quite early. We sort of said, you know, if you want to talk to us, talk to us. Like, it doesn't even have to be about shirts. And I, I, I'd like, if it's all right with you, I'd I'd actually like to take the opportunity to to read something out that 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 we got. Um, yeah, yeah. In fact, he came in today. So, so I'm not going to mention his name because I, I spoke to him about this a little bit earlier on. Uh, but a guy, um, a guy took us up on that. We we put that out on social media a while back. We said, look, you know, if you want to talk to us, talk to us. And if you've got a problem, 
you know, it's 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 better shared than it is to just keep it all in. Of course, um, of course. A, a guy got hold of me in uh, at the beginning of um, at the beginning of January, and he just sort of said, "Look, I've I've seen your message, and I'd like to I'd like to just." open up and, and talk about the fact that he'd had these anxiety problems since he was sort of 12 or 13 years of age. Um, he's 22 now and he was sort of chatting to me about how it affected his life and, and even like surrounded by his loved ones that whether he, he didn't know whether he was, whether he was a good human or a bad human. And, and we sort of had a long chat and uh, a few weeks ago, I asked him how he was and we, he opened up a little bit more again. He said he was getting on. And then randomly today, he just, he just messaged me out the blue and wanted to sort of say, thank you for everything. He finds it so much easier now to, to get out of the dark periods that he has and, and they're, and they're shorter, you know, using the advice that I gave him to, to concentrate on the good things that he'd have. And I think like for me, that's, that's more rewarding than any shirt we've sold, you know, of because course, of course. If, if I can help one person, I will, you know, like I will try, I will absolutely bust my ass to, to try and give what I can. Um, you know, my wife often points out, and I'm sure other people are the same, but my wife often points out that I try and stretch myself quite thinly and that, yeah, all right, I do. Um, and sometimes I have to, I have to rejig my, my priorities and I have to think about where, where I'm going with stuff. But I think that's the sort of, that's the sort of message that I like to wake up to. And that's the sort of message that I love to read and, and get, you know, um, I posted, I posted on my own personal Twitter this morning. This since uh, I think it was the 11th of, um, of January. Uh, I weighed myself this morning. I've lost, I've lost one stone and eight pounds. Uh, Incredible. I saw that earlier incredible well yeah. done, which, in, which in five weeks just proves i was really fat um so like i've managed to get rid of that and like a couple of people have messaged me today who i thought you didn't have to like these are random yeah, people. Yeah. i, I, I kind of know them they're not what i consider like are my best friends or anything like this they just messaged me and gone read your thing today really proud i'm like I didn't do it because I wanted people to be proud. I did it because I want to be, I want to be a lot healthier for my kids, for my, for my family, for my wife. Um, and, but it's nice to share experience because I think that helps other people feel more comfortable. And yeah, just a couple of random people reached out and was like, yeah, that's great. And I'm like, yeah, do you know what? That's, that's really nice. People don't have to be nice, but I think people have forgotten how to be sometimes. Uh, yeah. That's, that's incredible that you're balancing all these things and you're still finding that time to, to help people out and be there. And on the weight loss as well, incredible, mate. Well done you. That takes a lot of dedication and hard work. So well done you. That's amazing. Thank you very much. So um, obviously continue talking about, um, talking about your business. And I'm interested to find out, obviously we've talked a lot about there, about um, how you spend your time and what is your business? What would you say is the main service like when you started and then kind of what inspired you to diversify and what's taking up a lot of your time at the moment it's a, it's a hell of a loaded question because because i actually don't know the answer to this it's really <laughs> this will sound this will sound really weird so i i taught i taught so Stephen has been with me for i think it's five and a half nearly six years now and one of the things that i sort of took early was never say no so never say no to anything because you just you're not quite sure. And, and I think these are all experiences. Like I said, when, when somebody came to me and said, oh, you know, do you fancy commentating on swimming or announcing on swimming? And I was just like, yeah. I mean, I have no idea what I'm doing here, but I'll have, yeah. it, I'll have, a, right go, I'll have a right good go and see what happens. And, you know, this year I'm hoping to do my, this will be my third Olympic qualifier, you know, for, for British swimming, hopefully, if, should, should COVID permit that. But um, so 
you take a challenge, you take a chance. Like um, I was asked to announce at water polo and I was like, yeah, great. I'll give that a go. It's just like, yeah. <laughs> it's like fighting and football at the same time, um, but just in water. And then, you know, there was the diving thing. And then um, I've done motor racing and alpine skiing and snowboard and Nordic skiing. And, and not once have I ever, not once have I ever picked up a phone or, or, or an email and gone, no, I'm not doing that. You know, because I think if you always live within your comfort zone, how will you how will you ever know what you could have been? Like I could have like so for, for instance, probably up until let's say 2017. I, I left the bakery in 2010. Let's say 2016, 2017. I I earned more money at the bakery. <laughs> You know, I earned yeah, more yeah. money make, making bread. And and so I took a huge gamble. I took a, a massive risk. Um, but there was a change in my life. There was a change in my in my attitude, in my in my the way I the way I perceived myself. Um so so I changed my life and I and I and I did something different. So now that's kind of what we are with with AMS. I'm, i I always keep that that mentality. So before before lockdown happened. We uh, oddly, we were. I brought the team over here. There was there was there was the four of us. Uh, we were in my uh, my dining room. Um, uh, it was it was March time, and we were planning the year ahead. You know, we'd done uh, we'd done a few of things already in the in the January and the February, and we were sat here in my uh, in my dining room, and we were having a, a, a just a just a nice get together for the team. Um, and COVID was kind of causing a problem. You know, we, we were all we weren't expecting what was to come, um, and. One of the first things I did was said to them, right, think about what we can do during lockdown. What yeah. what is it? What is it that we can do that's maybe not different to people, but we can do it better, if not as well as, so that we stay relevant. Now, obviously, there are things that we still do that we did, um, but we ventured into different areas. Like we uh, we make the audio program for Wolverhampton Wanderers. You know, that's not something we did when we first went into lockdown, but we got our heads together and, and now their match day program is is basically available on Spotify and iTunes because we turned it into an audio audio, audio thing. Mm. So we, we've done that. We've we're looking at doing the same thing with two or three other clubs. Uh, we now do we now edit and voice the highlights for the women's uh, Allianz Premier 15s rugby competition, uh, which is the elite uh, women's game uh, in the UK. So we, we, we edit that. We didn't have that before lockdown. If if we just stopped, we'd have had nothing because you know all of the all of the big things that we did in terms of getting events were you know the Irish swimming championships cancelled, the British swimming championships cancelled, uh, every gymnastics event that we do cancelled, every low level swimming event we do cancelled, everything that we had planned for St George's Park cancelled, sure. the Olympics cancelled. You know it was I I spent I spent the best part of March and April trying to add up what we'd lost and it was phenomenal because and, and that's not just me that's that's me as i said earlier about sharing that out with the freelancers and, and sharing that out with people to go and do those jobs and it was it was ridiculous you know like it was quite a scary number but if i sat there and worried about it we'd have we'd have gone nowhere we'd have we'd have gone under probably because what i had to do was was think about what i can do and you know like here in bulgaria i i i bought a drone <laughs> i brought a camera Amazing. Uh, I tried to I tried to remember how to video edit, which I taught myself probably six or seven years ago before. And I thought, right, I need to reteach myself. And Stephen, bless him, as uh, when he came on board, 
one of the things that he did was he was able to video edit a bit and we just allowed him over the years to have time and time and time and now he creates his own graphics and his videos are absolutely fantastic um and so i sort of said right re-educate me i'm going to buy a drone i'm going to buy a camera and i'm going to go and make some make something happen in bulgaria and, and now we have like a we have a client where we film uh, hotels and, and residences and, and buildings for them and they try for a property developer and he tries to sell them and and we he uses our videos and we put them all together so like i could have stood still i could have stood still of course what I did was I taught myself how to use a drone. Now I've nearly took my wife's head off with it, but that's a small price I was prepared to pay because you've got to learn how to use these things at the end of the day. Um, so, you know, like that, that's, I think that's the only crash I've had. The only one I'm going to tell anybody about. Um, so That's, that's so, impressive. It's difficult controlling a drone. I've tried it myself. So if you've only yeah. had one crash, I think you're doing well. <laughs> doing, I'm doing all right. So yeah, like it's, we've, we just, we just had to diversify, you know, and that's, yeah. And I think that's where the world is heading probably for another, um, I sound like a negative ninja, but probably for another six to 12 months, the, the world is going to have to keep trying to, to change and keep trying to uh, adapt to, to what the scenarios are around us. Brilliant. So like, so obviously from what you've said there, it's, it's really evident and clear that you've got a very positive mindset, willing to look at problems, take things on and obviously diversify to keep your business going. So what advice would you give if someone's listening to this, maybe they've got a business idea, maybe they're thinking there's something that they want to be doing, you know, maybe they've had a similar story to yours. Like, well, like what kind of advice would you give to people to adopt that, to get into that kind of, into that sort of zone and into that sort of uh, mindset? Uh, that's hard. I mean, Everyone, everyone is different. Like, and one of the things that I've, again, I, I've taught myself over time is try not to try not to adapt and mold people into what I am. Try and mm. try and just get them to be the best version of what they are. Um, like <laughs> when when Stephen was with me for the first few years, the amount of arguments we had about his timekeeping was astronomical. <laughs> Probably spent more time arguing about his timekeeping than we did anything else. And and after like after a few years, I just thought, forget it. Like there's there's bigger fish for me to worry about with him. But I hope that he also knows that I've tried to develop him into a different sort of human being to better himself. And I think, I think he would admit that. I hope so. I hope he listens. But, um, and, and it's the same, you know, um, Brad, is, Brad is very young. And what I've tried to do with him is to give him the benefit of experience, but not to take away from the, the youthful exuberance that he does have. Um, and I do the same. I do the same with my parents. I listen to what my parents tell me, um, and I try and I try and categorize what what part of what they're telling me is generational. What what works now and what what worked then. Yeah. Um, what what advice are they giving me that I think actually you're wrong? <laughs> you know, just because because again, firm believer. Just because you're older doesn't mean you're correct. But. But that doesn't mean I should disrespect what you think. Um, so, so for instance, my my stepdaughter set up a TikTok account uh, like a week and a half ago with a friend, and mm -hmm. immediately has got three and a half thousand followers. And I'm like, I have no idea how, that, how you've done that. Absolutely no. zero. <laughs> but but she looks to me for advice on social media because I've been using it for the last decade. Of I'm course, like, that's a that's a fair shout. But actually, whatever you're doing, just carry on. Like it's fine. Um, so, so I don't think. I don't think people should. I don't think people should change wholeheartedly because there's part of you that is 
your DNA, your genetics, you, 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 the reason you were born and put on this planet. Um, and, and there's a reason that you are what you are. But can you, can you be better? I think he's the only thing that you should always try. And I know it's hard. Mental health and mental awareness now is, is huge. And I think it's, it's great that it's, it's, it's on people's agendas to talk about. It's on people's minds to, to try and be mindful of. But a lot of it is for the individual. A lot, like, like I said to this young lad on, on Twitter when he was talking to me, I said, you know, it's, it's on you to, to change how you think about you. Because yeah. it's a bit like, I'll give you an example. So when people come to it, we, we teach commentary. And people come to us and we get people who, who they'll say to us, I am great. And I'm like, that's, that's fantastic. Sit down and show me. Cause that's the only way you're going to, you're going to, you're going to change yeah. my mind. You know, like I read a piece of paper that says this guy's good nonsense. That piece of paper goes in the bin. The only person that's ever going to show me that they've got something is them. And I'm going to, and I'm going to listen. So one of the things that we get on those commentary courses are people that say, um, <laughs> right. And I do it a little bit, but not necessarily when I've got a microphone in my hand. Um, there you go. People, people <laughs> say, and it's 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 contagious. The the word yeah, yeah. Um, the word um, and all it is, all it is, is is your brain is finding a word to buy your brain time, and it says wow. to your mouth, "I'm not ready with the next word." So say um, and I say to people, right, challenge your own brain, challenge your own system inside, so that instead of saying um, you say nothing, you pause, you hold, you. You anticipate what's coming next. And I did it there. Like, I, I was waiting for the right word, and and I, and I, I managed to sort of half stutter, if you like. But but certainly, what I didn't do was go um. And we have people sit in a chair and they try and commentate in front of us, and they'll say um like nineteen times in sixty seconds. And I say to them, right now, imagine you're Martin Tyler on Sky, and you're about to commentate on Manchester City versus Manchester United. If you say um nineteen times every sixty seconds, I'm turning that off. Because yeah, yeah. you can't listen to that. So, so I don't say to these people, this is how you stop. What I say to them is, this is a way of changing. Can you do it? And that's, that's what I would say to anybody. If you, if you feel like you're in a rut, if you feel like there's something different, change your life. Don't be, don't be afraid to, to, to make a change and, and to challenge yourself. But it's about addressing it yourself as opposed to wanting somebody else to do it for you if you cannot make a change don't look for somebody else to push you into it it's got to be you brilliant i mean like i, I totally agree i mean from experiences in my own life i normally find that it's just making that first step once you've made that first jump once you've given something a go once you normally find that everything starts to fall into place. So I guess it's just that initial confidence, isn't it? Of taking that thing like, right, I can do this. Let's give it a go. Let's see how it works out. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's not necessarily, you know, it, people, uh, people associate me and what I do as a job. So I must be a confident person. I'm not always, um, I'm not, I'm not the best um sometimes in social circumstances so I, I sometimes decide i'm just going to talk to my i'm just going to talk to my wife and nobody else you know like they're, they're, so i i i have my own little issues like that um my, my sink my, my sister bless her like a wonderful singer and you give her a microphone on the stage and she'll get up and sing ask her to answer a mobile phone and that's a different story altogether you know yeah. she's there's something about an interaction with a stranger that she's not really okay with but 
standing up in front of strangers and opening her mouth and this wonderful voice that comes out, she's okay with that. And so isn't it weird? Like that's, but that's just, that's the human brain. That's the human psyche. That's, that's us as a, as a species. We, we are all very, very different. Of course. I guess that links into what you said earlier in regards to that. It's not about, you know, if you want to make improvements in your life, it's not about changing yourself. Like we've all got, we've all got these parts of our personality, haven't we? So I guess it's about harnessing that and gaining confidence from that to, to propel yourself forward in the future. Yeah. I mean, take a look at, take a look at some people that abuse people on social media. Um, and, and my question to them is if that's, if that's you, if that's, if that's somebody listening to this and you're somebody that takes joy in mocking uh, or abusing others on social media, what's your point? Where are you going with it? 100%, are, you, are you, are you, are you just doing it to make you laugh? Because I can guarantee you, having spent nearly 40 years on this planet, there's other ways of making yourself laugh. And actually, all you do is make yourself look worse. You don't, there's, there's for, for every person you think is laughing along with you, there's, there's a thousand more hating you for it. So if your main objective when you climb out of bed every morning is to make people hate you on social media, go and get help. Go... Go and speak to somebody in your family. And if you don't get on with your family, go and speak to somebody at your school or your college or just go to your doctors. You need help. Like, that's not normal. To want to be hated, to want to get up and call somebody a racial name or, or a homo homophobic name, you are wrong. You're, the, you're in the wrong. But, but that doesn't have to be you forever. In regards to your business, obviously, we've looked at quite a lot of behind the scenes, you know, who works there, what your ideas are. So I'm really interested to find out um, some of the experiences you've had, um, obviously, whilst working, um, whilst running uh, your business. So uh, do you have a favourite event that you've been to um, or commentated or worked at? Uh, this was, uh, out of all the questions, this, this section, I know what's coming next. Um, <laughs> this, this section of questions is probably the hardest part. Oh, wow, um, really? <laughs> yeah, because obviously, like, I, I enjoy telling stories and I enjoy, I enjoy talking. And then there's this bit where my wife says, a filter, have a filter. And I'm like, well, I mean, <laughs> I wouldn't be me if I did. Um, so... So yeah, like so to start with this this bit this bit's not so difficult. Um, I absolutely adored the Olympics and the Paralympics in London uh, in 2012. Um, like that was that was a the catalyst I think for me going on to to do other things. I I did a I was I was the announcer for swimming uh, for both the the Olympics and the Paralympics in London, um, inside the venue and, and having 17, 18 and a half thousand people cheering and ooing and, and, and ahhing sometimes based on, on what you were saying, uh, incorporated with what was happening in front of them. And obviously for those that know they're swimming, the Olympics wasn't exactly satisfying from a British perspective, but the Paralympics on the other hand were unbelievable. So the success that happened with the para swimmers was, was phenomenal, certainly outweighed um, what we achieved in the pool uh, for the, for the Olympics, which we were hoping for so much more. So once we arrived at the Paralympics, the noise levels that we felt, I mean, we were behind glass and it's meant to be really thick glass and, and you couldn't hear a great deal. And then all of a sudden during the Paralympics, it was like, hang on, this is very different. Like this, yeah, this yeah. anticipation. 
winning uh, Nairi Kindred winning a winning a medal on the very first sort of day and and starting us off and it was like hang on a minute this is this is going to be different um, you know people like Ellie Simmons uh, were, were were managing to raise the bar for for so many and it was just phenomenal like we I, I will never forget some of the atmospheres that I that I worked through but it wasn't just for the the announcing that I was already doing it wasn't just for the event I was already doing the opportunities it then gave me I was I was afforded uh, the chance to kind of write my own scripts for little segments by by a producer that I was working with an Australian guy Amazing. And he, he he immediately sort of took to me and he was like right you know like you could just go away and write this and we'll make a two minute piece every day and it'll be yours and I was like okay I wasn't really expecting that and so I had to go away and and create this this two minute uh rant if you like about the action the day before or the session before and and he really enjoyed it and 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 off, straight off the back of that the same company that he worked for took me to dubai to do the uh, the asian aquatic championships uh, later on that year so i remember sitting on a plane in it must have been october or november time and i'm like hang on <laughs> within within two and a half years of leaving the bakery i'm sat on a plane going to dubai <laughs> to announce amazing in, a, in an insta and it was like i think that that moment from from the olympics starting the company up and then sitting on this plane knowing that i was going to drink my body weight in free red wine um, <laughs> because it was free, be basically it had to be done. um and and i was like this is phenomenal like where where is my life going dubai obviously but where was my life going um and i was like this is this is strange how this has just changed um and from that moment, that that one plane ride, that's now or was before COVID, and, and we'll see how it is afterwards. But that became my life: getting on a plane and going somewhere and doing something. Yeah, yeah. It was with my own company or for another company or whatever, and and the, the random countries that I started ticking off. And I sat and thought, you know, a, a few years ago, I sat, started sitting and thinking, but I would never have paid to go to a lot of the places I've gone to. Yeah. And I would never have been able to afford it. And I, and I feel unbelievably lucky and, 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 and a sort of sense of joy that I've been able to do half of the things I've done. Amazing. Amazing. So uh, it's, it's great to hear that. It's great to hear that you've had the opportunity to go and see so many events. Cause, cause I found like with places that I've been and traveling, it really does open your mind. And I, th I think it's easy if you stay in one place for too long for your ideas to become very very like stuck if you know what I mean like you, you you go to different countries you go to different places and you see people have just got completely different ideas and visions on on how life is so would was that something that you would agree with with because it sounds like obviously you've, you've been able to travel to lots of different places so is that something that you've noticed uh, on your travels as well yeah I'm uh, I'm much more diverse I think now than I ever have been mm. um and I think I think you're meant to be more diverse when you're younger, and and then just become a become set in your ways when you're older. And <laughs> and actually, like I people I hear people complaining about being on a plane or being in a in a terminal or being in a queue, and I'm like, oh, I love it. It's <laughs> like, so just, exciting, isn't because, it? <laughs> yeah, just because because at that point I know I'm going somewhere. You know, like yeah. I actually, I actually, I'm more frustrated when I'm going on a holiday and I'm stuck in a in an airplane because it's like I know what that is. I know like, I just want to get to where I want to go. But with events, it's like somebody on the plane might be going to the same event as me or i remember i remember going um i remember going to brazil uh and my my plane was from here in bulgaria to italy uh to rome uh, and then i changed at rome got on a plane 
and basically the Italian, a, a large part of the Italian Paralympic team were on the plane. Um, so I, and I, like, I knew a few of them from their events. I was like, oh, hi. And, you know, I was like, spent the entire ride to, to, to Rio not sleeping, which is completely opposite of what you're meant to do. Um, and and I, I'm an awful sleeper on planes as well. So I, I notoriously arrive first day and I'm just like, meh, don't talk to me. Um, <laughs> because... But but I know some people who could just fall asleep by the drop of a hat. But yeah, so like I, you know, I just I, I enjoy getting on the planes, and I'm 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 unfortunately that annoying person when you sit on a plane and the guy next to you wants to talk to you and find out who you are and stuff. Yeah, that's me. Because what's you know why sit next to somebody for eight hours and not get to know them? It's what life's about, isn't it? Meeting new people, and as you say, like we've talked a lot about opportunities, and you never know what that conversation might be. It might be a contact in an industry you want to get into, you just never know. So yeah. brilliant! So it's been amazing to hear about all uh, your favourite events and um, different places that you've travelled. So um, on this question, I guess, is on a similar line. Do you have a favourite company that you've worked with? Yeah, me, my own. Um... <laughs> Great answer. I like it. <laughs> I mean, to 99.9% of the people listening to this, if I said a company name, it would probably just go straight out of the top of their head. Uh, anyway, it's kind of a, we're quite a, it's quite a niche world. Sure, uh, yeah. The event, the event world. Um, I, yeah, we, some of the teams that I've put together for us, uh, the characteristics that that involves, putting, um, putting people who come from different walks of life together and then mm -hmm. expecting them to deliver this event. I think that's probably one of the things that I enjoy the most uh, about, about events. So uh, yeah, I think it's hard to put, it's hard to put my finger on a company. Um, but, but certainly to say that de delivering events from our side, I think we get to put a team together, um, which could be quite diverse and funny. Uh, and I, I enjoy that part. Amazing. So um, I've got to ask, obviously, going to all these major sporting events, who is the most famous person you've met? And have you got any funny or interesting stories about meeting famous people? I'm, I'm dying to hear. <laughs> See, this is the one I was like, oh, I don't know if I can answer this. Um, <laughs> Be careful. <laughs> yeah, that's, 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 the, that's the problem. Um, so... A story about when I was petulant. Um, I'll tell you, I was, I was in the press area at Wembley and I was having my dinner, um, which we used to get fed. Uh, and it's several hours before the game. Uh, I sat at a table and as a Forest fan, Forest fans will understand this. Um, there was a free chair. There was a couple of free chairs on my table uh, and David Platt sat down. Um, and wow. I just got up and left. Because we uh, we Forest fans don't necessarily hold David in the, in the highest regards, um, and I learned I learned from that. Like that was me being petulant and childish. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I just but I just got up and took my dinner and sat somewhere else. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, I, and I'll never forget that because I think he, he taught me a little lesson. But I mean, he will never remember that in a million years. Uh, so um, so there's that. Uh, I <laughs> when I was a lot younger. Um, there was a footballer called Alan Rogers uh, who used to play for Forest, uh, Leicester, uh, Tranmere. I'm trying to think who he played for in his, his latter days, but he came back to Forest. Uh, he was he was our replacement for Stuart Pearce, uh, and he was a pretty decent one to be. Big to boots be to fill. Well, they were they were huge boots to fill. To be. So he came to the City Ground uh, to to play against Forest for Leicester, 
Uh, and obviously the big thing about Leicester is Walker's crisps, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and for some reason outside the ground, the day we played them, they were giving away crisps and chocolates and stuff. Uh, and I, I got hold of some. Um, and I, uh, I was only a few, rows, a few rows from the front uh, of the pitch and a little bit inebriated. I was very young at this point, right? I will, I will point out I'm less than 20 <laughs> at this point. I know no better and I should have known better. Um, and I've just given him a barrage of abuse, like, and I shouldn't have done. Not nothing, nothing cruel and, and vindictive. Just about going to Leicester and oh, yeah, you know, yeah. there's a there's a tenor in these crisps. You, I bet you want that as well, don't you? Blah, blah. <laughs> and and he looked at me and he he sort of answered me and and obviously you know the game goes or whatever. A few years ago, I got you know, I, I decided uh, one of the things that I wanted to do for AMS to kind of um, to grow uh, our sort of. Uh, for people to notice us, I suppose, I started going out and interviewing former um, sports people. Uh, I managed to get people like Rebecca Adlington to do an interview with me and uh, John McGovern, who's a two-time European uh, cup winning captain with Forrest. And I got, I got Tank, I got Alan Rogers. I, I, I emailed him and said, oh, hi, Alan, I uh, want to do an interview about Forrest and, and your time with uh, Gary Megson and this and that. And the other. And he was like, yeah, great. So I went to his house and we did this interview. And... I sort of halfway through, I started laughing and he said, what's the matter? I said, I've got to tell you this story. <laughs> I, I couldn't contain myself. So I told him, I told him the story and he went, I remember you. You're joking. I remember that. And I was like, I'm really sorry. And he was like, no, don't worry about it. Like, Brilliant. Thought, oh, he remembers me. But yeah, so, um, so there's, there's a couple of embarrassing things. And again, like I said earlier, I think I've learned from that. Like that's I hope it, that's I've learned it. from that. Uh, my own stupidity, I think, is what I put that down to. So, so they would be a couple. I think you know, like just daft things. I mean, I was sat on the, I was sat on the gantry at Wembley once, and I was doing my. Uh, it was the Barnsley when Barnsley reached the semi-final of the FA Cup, and uh, I was doing my pre-match notes, and uh, this guy's just tapped me on the shoulder and uh, in like a. A sort of French voice. Well, he would because well, he, he was French. Um, he asked me <laughs> if I knew what what did I know about Barnsley. And as I've looked up, it's Emmanuel Petit. What? <laughs> All like, oh, right, okay. And I've just sort of moved no my pressure. This bit of paper. Yeah. So I, here I am explaining to a World Cup winner how Barnsley are going to line up. Um, and and I, he just was like, "Thank you, my friend," and walked away. I was like, "Brilliant." I mean, that's you know that. So that that kind of that kind of sums up. The opportunities that that are there for you know, and I don't like that's they, I don't tell those stories all the time because it's not what comes to my brain. Um, you know, as I said earlier, I was on uh, I was lucky enough to be asked to do the voice of God for Splash, and I met all manner of of celebrities doing that. It was quite a weird experience. I had my own little truck outside. I was the only person outside. People don't realize this. Like the whole of Splash happened inside a swimming pool with a diving with a load of diving boards. I was the only one outside. I just had a, a truck, so it was nice and quiet for me to do this voice of God stuff. Um, and obviously, like that was done with with Vernon Kay and and and, and obviously Tom Daly as well. And but like people like Ahmed Jalili just being very funny all the time and 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 you're just he's, he's, so he's, and, he's like that off camera as well just, yeah again like he's a bit like me he's just got this like miserable persona and then all of a sudden somebody says something he just bursts into life and and he'll just have a <laughs> he'll have a he'll, he'll have a funny quip or, or a way of saying something um you know and, and meeting like sports stars like martin afire and austin healy who, who obviously as, as a fan of sport i obviously knew exactly who they were um 
Caprice was a random one as a as a as a, as a male. That was quite an interesting one. Um, there was there was one of the you know, like we had one of the sugar babes, like one of the, like entrant number four hundred and seven of the sugar babes or whatever version they're on of themselves at, the, at that point. I, I think I've I lost count. <laughs> I mean, I remember reading the script that day. I was like, is she really okay? Good. Um, so so I had to sort of I had to and and again like things like I was able to make up my own script for that. Like after after like half a day with me, they were like, you're just gonna make your own up. We're not going to write yours. I was like, okay. So, so I got a chance to meet all these people and, and, you know, a lot of them, Ed, Ed, Eddie the Eagle Edwards, like just sat one day having lunch with Eddie the Eagle Edwards, just getting ready for the show. And I'm like, you're Eddie the Eagle Edwards. He's like, yeah, pass me the tomato sauce. Great stuff. Okay. Um, and, and let's just, just normal people, just absolutely normal people. I, I guess, I guess like my next question would be if you've been around like celebrities and sports stars, do you get to, a stage where that kind of like, I guess, like fanboy feeling where if you see a celebrity, you're like, oh my goodness, it's so-and-so. Does, does that kind of fade away? Does it almost become normality when you're obviously involved with like TV shows and sports events? Or, or is, is it still that sort of feeling of, wow, look, look who's sitting there at lunch in, in the lunch queue or whatever? Yeah, it's, I, I, it's hard because again, like part of that evolving was me saying to myself from the David Platt incident, was was me saying to myself, more professional, be more professional. That's, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's not right. Like, of course. So, so I, uh, so I kind of know. I don't, I don't get that bothered by it. I, I, I know who people are, and I'm, and I'm, and I'm, and I'm ultra respectful of, of what they've achieved, and and I'm, I'm blessed to to be able to to do stuff um, with, with people and, and interview them, perhaps, or, or see them. So, trying to kind of stay focused on, on what I'm doing is, mm. the, is the is the biggest thing like John McGovern for me was huge like there I am like, I've just written an email to this guy and gone uh, I'm doing some interviews with former Forest players would you mind and he was like no come to come to Barnsley I think it was Barnsley or Rotherham where it was come, come to Rotherham uh, here's my house address come and interview me and I was like that's amazing because you are the guy who won two European Cups for my club that's great uh, so so they're the, they're the ones that I kind of um, I've really enjoyed yeah, one yeah. of my one of my highlights would be um, I took my dad to a forest game in the press in the press area. Uh, he used to be my he used to be my pundit. Uh, when I used to sit and do commentary for the blind at Forest. He would be my pundit. Um, he was very good at it because you know I I learned my football from my dad, so I was like, well, he'll be perfect to be my pundit. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, and it's probably one of the only times I've seen him sort of starstruck was the first time we went and I took him and, uh, and Kenny Burns, uh, who was an old centre half for, for Forrest, uh, but in my dad's, in my dad's sort of time, um, he was there and we were sort of in the queue to get a pie with him in the press room. And, and like Kenny and my dad are chatting and like my dad's like, that's Kenny Burns. I was like, yeah, that's how I feel. <laughs> you know, it's like he 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 was able to he was able to understand how it was for me being in that room or being in a press room somewhere when somebody comes in and you just sort of go, I've just spoken to Kenny Burns. Amazing. Like, you know, um, I I've chatted with David Beckham in a lift. I've chatted with Martin Tyler in a lift. Um, Marcel Desai. Excuse me, wow. Marcel. I'm getting off here. Okay, no problem. You know, <laughs> just, just random stuff. Absolutely all manner of random stuff. I had to ask Gary Bertles to excuse me because it was my turn at the bar. That sort of thing. Don Goodman. Excuse yeah, me. yeah. Like, just random people, and but they're just people. They're just they're just normal people going about their lives. Um, and I'm and I'm exceptionally privileged to to be a part of that. There was um. A, 
again, maybe maybe ninety nine point nine percent of your your listeners will not know this person, but there was a guy called Leandro Penner. Now I will see if that rings a bell with you. I think it was Penner, Pen, Pena. I mean, it was a, oh, it doesn't. Was to be perfectly honest with you, I, I don't, I don't, can't, can't remember the name. So, so he was he was one of Jordan's boyfriends. Okay. <laughs> and he was he was on the test event for for Splash. Uh, he was actually on the test pilot episode. Um, and just randomly, we were sat talking, me, him, um, and Kenzie, <laughs> um, which is like, you know, I mean, clearly we were going to start a new band. Um, That's it. It was only because I, I moved away. We couldn't. Uh, so, <laughs> I so, can see the album cover now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, the Argentine, the fat one, and the skinny one. Yeah, was, that was, it was never, it was never, it, it was an underwear model. It was never going to take off. So, so, so anyway, so we, we were chat talking and he, and he just, he was just like, oh, what, what's, your, what's your Twitter handle? And I was like, okay. So I gave him it. And he started following me. I was like, this is really quite weird. And then, I think it was like, maybe it was like 18 months to two years afterwards. He just sent me a message. Hey, how are you? What? I was like, I'm great. How are you? (laughs) This is bizarre. But we had like a, maybe like a five minute back and forth. And that was it. Never never heard from him again. (laughs) Just just really weird. So yeah, like just little things crop up like that. So He was obviously reminiscing on that great day that he had. Well, I, he, uh, I mean, I can probably tell this because he, he, that we're never going to, probably never going to make that series again. So uh, in, in his training, he, uh, he kept failing a certain dive. Um, and it, for his last dive, he just sat on the board backwards and rolled off, which they definitely told him not to do. But obviously, it was, all being, it, was all, it was all being done live as a test, as a test pilot sort of thing. Um, he definitely been told not to do that, <laughs> and he just sat down, turned his back on everyone. And I can hear people in my ears go, "What's he doing? What is he doing?" And he just he rolled off. I don't think he got it right, but I mean, like obviously, the medical start side of it, the insurance side of it was like, you know, so, so uh, yeah. So there you go. That was uh, that, that was him. Amazing. So it's been great to hear so much about your business. But my one final question uh, on the business would be, what advice would you give to someone who wants to get into sports commentary? I mean, maybe someone's been listening to our chat so far and thinks, wow, this sounds like an amazing industry, something I want to have a look at. What advice would you give to them uh, for somebody just starting out? Maybe who has got little to no experience. Be better than me. (laughs) (laughs) I like it. To the point. To the point. Just be better than me. I mean, Uh one of the words that I think we've used on here already is, is to diversify. And I think that's, that's huge. The amount of people I, I meet in the commentary courses and it's football, 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 football. And, yeah. and they, they have this like dead set idea that they're going to be the next Martin Tyler, or they're going to be the next John Motson or, uh, you know, like Clive Tildesley or Darren Fletcher or whoever it is that they, they base their style on. Mm. Um, all all exceptional commentators in their own right, by the way. And so, one of the things that I always say to people is, well, what about what other sports do you like? Well, I kind of like this. Well, stop kind of liking it and like it because imagine imagine how many people want to be a, a footballer when they come out of school, you know, or when they're at school or or when they go to a, an academy. Like it's it's a it's a finite amount of people that make it. And that's the same, that's the same in the world of commentary, you know, like imagine the amount of people that go, I want to be a, I want to be a commentator. Yeah. Well, if you only pick football, 
so do a high percentage of everybody else. They just want to be a commentator in football. And if you get an opportunity to go and do cricket or badminton or kabaddi or boccia or goalball or, or any of the other yeah, yeah, yeah. Of sports there are, then then take it. You know, like I I enjoyed two and a half years of going around uh, various uh, ski slopes and commentating on alpine skiing and, and Nordic skiing and snowboarding. I had no experience in any of those, but I had my own style and my own way of doing things um, and my own abilities that, that people trusted me with the, their sports. Sure. So it doesn't like I do, I do less football than I do anything else. You know, it's, it's mad, but, but that's my sport. That's what I, that's what I love. But it doesn't mean I stopped there. You know, would I would I yeah. relish the opportunity to be a regular commentator of football? Absolutely, I would. I really would. Um, but would I want to sacrifice some of the things that I do that that give me a thrill for doing it for the first time or or for learning about it? I did. Um, I did a for two years. I did judo commentary uh, that went out on the BBC, and thoroughly enjoyed it like but I had to I had to work really hard and taekwondo as well and and stuff like that and I had to work really hard to to get my brain around someone else's sport and and make it sound like I knew mm. what I was doing and don't get me wrong I'm sure I am pretty sure there have been moments where people have sat there and gone mm, he doesn't know everything about this sport um I don't know <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you a, I'll tell you a story I'm not ashamed to tell. Uh, um, I was asked to go to Romania to do a darts competition on Eurosport. Uh, so I, I'm trying to think what it was called, like the European Open, maybe. Um, and I arrived in Romania with a, another English guy called Mark. Um, and we were greeted with a TV crew that spoke very little English, uh, especially the people that were going to be talking to me in my ears. Um, so right. the, director the director spoke zero English um, and the main person that he spoke to spoke zero English. So the two people in the truck that I could hear only just were Mark in the background because he was doing all the graphics for the TV. Um, and another guy who was randomly in the truck who seemed to speak a bit of English. So he would just shout every now and again so that I could hear in my headphones. Now I was in, I was inside the building uh, and what they, I don't know what, what they'd done was they put me right at the back of the hall and then faced my table away from where the dartboard was. So I was purely working from a monitor in front of me and the dartboard and hundreds of people are behind me. And the dart stage is, is then even further. Wow. <laughs> okay. So, I'm, so I'm, I'm just like watching for the first half of the day. And I'm only going to comment out on the finals. And, uh, and I'm like, this is, this is quite crazy. So I put the headset on. And, and in darts, they have what they call a spotter. Now, I may be, I may be not educating some people, I may be educating some people. Uh, and basically, this person is in the, the, the broadcast truck, uh, and the idea is that they are giving an idea to the cameraman and the director mm -hmm. uh, which, which area of the board the, the play will go next. So, for instance, if, uh, they'll know a lot about players. So, for instance, like they'll know a player's favourite checkout. So the cameraman or the director will not know that. However, the, the, the spotters, the idea of the spotter is he goes, you know, uh, it'll go treble 17, double four or whatever, you know, as a, as a favorite get out. So, the, so they'll know. So those spotters are in the background. So you, as the commentator, you're half listening to that because it's quite useful because that's maybe bits of information you didn't know about a random player and hopefully the spotter does. So you're half listening to that. And then obviously you've got your own notes and this, that, and the other. And, it transpired that their spotter 
didn't know anything about any of these players. And I'm not sure he always understood how to check out either because he was just telling the cameras and the directors to go in all manner of places. And I think, I think for the final, we actually caught less winning darts than we saw for the entire match. <laughs> um, and the only reason I escaped alive was because uh, a man called Scott Mitchell, Scotty Mitchell, uh, was knocked out in the early round of this competition. Um, and they'd gone, oh, Scott's available. Would you like him to help? I was like, absolutely. I mean, <laughs> here's, here's a man who's a darts player and I am not. I mean, don't get me wrong. I grew up in a pub. I know enough about darts and I love darts, but I wasn't a player. You know, like the, this guy was like, oh, I'm a player. I know everything about the people on the tour. I was like, brilliant. Scott, sit down. Now, great for me was that Scott went on to become the world champion that year. Um, and it was a pleasure to get to know Scott. But we were just facing away from the dartboard, not seeing doubles and having to guess if someone had hit one from the sound of the crowd. <laughs> you know? um, and I remember, I remember getting back to the UK and, and a friend of mine texted me and went, you don't know anything about darts. I was like, that's not necessarily true. It's just tough. <laughs> that, that must be such a learning experience. Well, I, went, I, I was then asked to do about six or seven other darts events over the, over the, few, the few years that followed. So, I mean, I obviously that's did okay. <laughs> well, wow. It last speaks for itself. I got to commentate at Lakeside with John Gwynn. Um, you know, like, like that, that'll do me. Okay, so it's been amazing to obviously hear about your business and, uh, and what you've managed to build. Uh, over the past uh, 10 years or so. It's been absolutely brilliant. But I want to um, kind of move on. I know you're a busy man and uh, you, you've got quite a few things uh, on the go. Um, so I wanted to talk a bit about the Forever Forest podcast. Um, and I guess the first question would be, how did you become a Nottingham Forest fan? What's your connection to the club? I have absolutely no reason, but when I find this person, I will kill them. Um, <laughs> I, I, I assume my father... Um, I remember, I vaguely remember going to games when I was younger. Um, and then I know he took me to, we, we were lucky enough to go to a few Wembley finals, uh, maybe uh, League Cup finals and, uh, and things like that. Uh, and then obviously the, the pain of the, the agony and the pain as a child of the FA Cup final uh, defeats against Tottenham. Um, so yeah, my dad. Um, and uh, it was kind of funny, like, because, I meet or I, I speak to people in a, a certain age and a lot of people can fall out of love with football for whatever reasons. I think, you know, like, yeah. again, everybody wants to, everybody wants to think that, that their world is reinventing the, reinventing the wheel. You know, v, VAR is, I, I see a lot of people go, ah, oh, I'm falling out of love because of VAR. People used to fall out of love with football anyway. Like, you know, when, when diving and, and, and simulation first came in, a lot of people kind of were put off by that because, you know, there was the cheating element. Um, so, so various things and various reasons in people's lives. And my old man, I kind of remember him not being so bothered. But when I think back now, it was maybe because he was busy. You know, like his life yeah. was was what it was. And, and he, he didn't have chance to, to do what it maybe he'd done before. And then obviously as he got older and his jobs changed and this, that, he had more opportunity. And maybe, maybe because he used to be able to come with me, I think that maybe reignited his, his love of football and, and, and that. So... Course. Yeah, my, my, my dad is to blame. <laughs> Amazing. So find out a bit about the back, um, kind of the background of the podcast. Like how, how are you finding being a part of it firstly? And uh, secondly, how did you meet your co-hosts? Uh, so I, uh, I, I sort of semi-hijacked 
the podcast, if, if, if truth be known. So Stephen, who works for me, was uh, we were we were in a garage of a house that I used to rent, and that was our office that was in the garage. Okay. <laughs> and uh, we were talking about a podcast, and he he sort of did one that was based on Forest and Knots. Okay, and, so the the, the Trent and, divide kind yeah. of thing, yeah. So he, we were talking about something he did at university, and I was like, oh, okay, I'm kind of interested in that. Yeah. Um, so we took that on, and then we realised that the knots part of it just was irrelevant for us because we just weren't bothered. Um, so we we adapted it and we changed it to uh, the Forever Forest podcast, which <clears throat> was was formed name wise because Forest were under uh, financial fair play regulations at the time. Uh, oh, so we I see. FFP. We were, <laughs> we were struggling with FFP, so that's where I came up with Forever Forest podcast. Um, so that's where the name came from. Uh, we changed, yeah, we changed that after a year, and then we did the uh, the Forever Forest podcast. Me and Stephen uh, to start with, we had a guy called Niall, uh, an avid listeners of our podcast. We always ask us where Niall is. We don't know, maybe dead. Um, he just <laughs> left. Um, so that's how a, that's how our running joke. We actually fired Niall because he compared uh, Chris O'Grady to Cristiano Ronaldo, um, and I don't think I don't think a lot of our listeners ever forgive him. Um, and if you've seen Chris O'Grady play football. It's unforgivable to liken him to Cristiano Ronaldo. So fair play, by the way, for being a professional footballer. Uh, so yeah, so we we started that way, and then uh, it just kind of evolved. We wanted to do a few more bits with it. Sure. Um, so so now we have Ryan, uh, who is our is our sing star. Uh, basically, Ryan is a, a musician who's quite well known uh, within the the Forest fraternity. And and I asked him if he'd like to be a part of it. He was looking for something uh, to to kind of get his teeth into with the with the podcast. And now he writes uh, again a play on the, the the title of the podcast. Oddly enough, but we have uh, Freeb's Forest playlist, uh, which is uh, Ryan Freebury who, who writes all the songs in there. They're based on a genre. Uh, regarding a, an ex or current Forest player. So we put it to vote. <clears throat> uh, so recently, I think uh, the podcast came out tonight. <clears throat> so as we're recording, uh, our last podcast came out and uh, his latest song is about Chris Cohen in the style of Oasis. Um, and we had one uh, about Stuart Pearce in the style of punk, which is very good, by the way. If you get a chance, please do go and listen to the song uh, that was done by Ryan about Stuart Pearce in the style of punk. Uh, we had Sammy I'll, I'll, ju- I'll just say, sorry, all the links to everything that you've mentioned will be in the description and of the podcast and on YouTube as well. So anything you, that we've mentioned, right. you can... That's about a thousand links then. <laughs> I'm, hope, I'm hoping there's a video of me leaving the table with, with David Platt now, uh, just so I can watch it back myself. Uh, maybe some all the splash footage, we've got it all. <laughs> um, now I'm worried. Uh, so yeah, we have uh, Sammy Amiobi done in the style of the Venger Boys was quite was quite entertaining as well. Cool, so cool. yeah, so it was, uh, I think Ben Ben Watson as Chaz and Dave was was probably the favourite of mine, uh, but Stuart Pearce was was great. Like that was a so we have him. Uh, we have. Uh, uh, Good, a good friend of mine called Steve Corey, uh, who is uh, was a journalist. He's a, he's he's a he's a guy trying to make his way in, in journalism. And, and I mm-hmm. and I came across Steve when he became one of our volunteer commentators uh, for the Blind the Forest, um, and and I, I like to think we formed a, a good friendship since then. Uh, he came to Portugal with me for the the uh, you know the Nations League final that that was happened in in Portugal. Oh yeah, um, yeah. I I took Steve with me as my choice to to help commentate on the on the games. Um, and we spent my birthday sat in a in a hotel uh, garden 
it was so windy it was unbelievable but you know june why wouldn't it be um and we thought we were going to get like a massive tan we sat in this garden and got nothing other than wind um and we we did a podcast about forest's all-time greatest uh 11 um and it was it was so windy we couldn't use it <laughs> um so so we had to re-record it eventually again the, ne the next day so um so we got steve and he does he does a lot of poetry and and also we we publicize his uh, his written work for, for local papers. Um, so we all, we have what they call the Corrie Nation, which again is a, a play on his name. Uh, we brought in, this year we brought in Tom. Um, Tom is, he's like nobody I've ever met. Like he's, he's, a, he's a funny guy um, and it's so dry at times and it's so bitter for a young man at times. Uh, Tom, has, Tom has started this thing where the, we never actually won the European Cups. It's just a fairy tale that our parents tell us. <laughs> um, to, to help us to help us sleep at night because it's just not of his generation and I'm and I'm quite funny like I, obviously it is kind of of my generation with the, the last year we won it I was born uh, so I, I'm accepting it but but Tom just doesn't accept it anymore it's like it just didn't happen and it's a fairy tale it's a myth um, and 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 he's brilliant so we um, he's he has his own little section as well uh, we have we have Harpo who we brought in um, recently. Uh, into into the mix, Kieran, uh, who was the guy that used to work for us and has left. Uh, I, when I, when he came to work for us, I drafted him into the podcast as well. Massive Forest fan. Um, he's he's our fat Keanu Reeves. Um, uh, more of a hair thing than anything else. Uh, he's probably as talented as actor because uh, he was an actor as well. Um, and then we've also got Lucy, uh, who struggles to make uh, episodes of the of the podcast because she's busy with her horses, which is fine. We're all we accept that. Um, so yeah, so there's 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 more of us than we can probably care for, but we have a laugh, and and I think there's a there's a dynamic between us because there's a good range of ages. Um, we we are all very different. It's, it's not, you know, it's very rare that we do an episode where every single one of us agrees on all aspects. And I think that's great because it allows us to, to have that little bit of a, a banter between us and, and, and we flow from, from side to side as to, as to what we're discussing. Um, and yeah, it's been like, for me, it's been great to get to know them. Um, sure. You know, I've invited them to come on because I can see within their social media channels that they have something I like. Uh, certainly with with people like Harper, with with Tom, um, you know, I, I got to know them more, but but I invited them on in the first instance, and 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 the same with Ryan. You know, like we've had we've had some wonderful conversations away from Forest about life about being getting older about getting fatter and slimmer and this that and, and it's and, and music because that's that's his thing but again the same with steve you know I've, I've shared i've shared a virtual darts night with steve where i've whipped his ass on my dartboard um and and he's lost horrifically on his so you know like it's, we, we I, I like to think we've all become we've all become quite good friends amazing I, th I think you've touched on something quite important there really i think obviously i'm massive West Brom uh, supporter but football is always more than just going to the matches and whatever it's that whole community and it's almost it's a vehicle isn't it for meeting new people and having these new experiences and and I think that's what I've missed personally over over this lockdown and it's why um, you know it's part of the reason of me um, feeling inspired to start this podcast and kind of branch out with my social media because it's I just love meeting kind of like-minded people. You know, we all share a passion of football and uh, yeah, it's great. You've been able to do that with uh, your forever forest podcast. 
I've realised that uh, that I must be I must be quite famous in the black country because this is the second podcast I've done in like the last few weeks, and the other one was the other one was for a Wolves fan. So oh. uh, clearly, <laughs> I'll have to bleep that bit out. <laughs> <laughs> Cle- clearly, there's something being written about me in that part of the country. So. Uh, <laughs> Brilliant. So, so obviously, um, I've got to ask about Forest this season. Um, <laughs> mate, just, 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 just a little Done. bit, a little bit. What, what, uh, what's gone on? Uh, maybe, maybe if uh, you know our listeners don't follow the championship as closely. Obviously, uh, West Brom has spent a couple of seasons there. What do you think's happened for Forest this year? Um, a large a large part of it comes from stuff that happened off the field. And I think when you're a fan, that hurts the most. Yeah. You know, if 100%. if players form deteriorates, all right, that happens. If people just miss chances, that's, that's the look. But I think if a culture is created off the field that you can see spreading onto it uh, and undoing what was done before. Yeah. That, that hurts the most as a fan. I can imagine, I can imagine fans of Newcastle over the years have, have tired of, of what's happened with their ownership, and I can imagine that the same with Blackburn. You know, like finally having a couple of half decent seasons under under Tony Mowbray, but having struggled under the ownership of Venkis um, for God, it must be nearly a decade now, having gone all the way down into League One with them. You know, people, if the off-field stuff becomes so bad that it affects the on-field stuff. Yeah. I think that's where, that's where fans lose heart. That's where fans lose respect for, for the values of the club and, uh, and for what happens. You know, like people talk about the ownership battle at, at Arsenal. They talk about the Glazers at, at United. Um, I'd love them. Oh, <laughs> I'd, I'd love, 100%. I'd love half of that because you actually don't really know what you've got. Um, and... It might sound that might sound weird, but try having a a Kuwaiti owner that talks a great game, but I think was probably more skint than me, you know. Like and 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 Charlton are going through it again. Like they've got a new owner, and and I just look at this guy playing his guitar and throwing his rock signs in the air, and I'm like, is this a toy to you? Is this is this a game? And to, to have a solid ownership off the field where things seem normal a lot of the time as yeah. opposed to they seem a bit odd most of the time. And I think that's what lower league football clubs are suffering with these days is they have, a, they have an ownership or a chairman or, or a board or, 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 or a background that where it's just, it just feels a bit odd and, and football kind of becomes the secondary. We... We knew we were going to lose Matty Cash to Aston Villa. That's the third mention. There you go. I only got to get Birmingham in for a fourth. Um, <laughs> Take so, them all off, <laughs> and, and they'll and they'll be in a second. Um, and and you've only you know you, we we sold Matty Cash. We knew that was coming. You know because for the money we were going to get for him, for the quality of player that he was, and, and has shown um, uh, for your for your loved neighbours um, this season, the guy was destined for the Premier League, and that's great. And and I'm glad he's gone on to do that. Yeah. We didn't replace him properly, and 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 we tried. And then the the players that come in obviously are, are always going to get criticised for not being that one. Um, yeah. and I, you know, I, I sympathise with that because obviously, like I said, mentioned earlier, Alan Rogers obviously stepping in for Stuart Pearce. That must have been phenomenally difficult 
to to step into the to the shadow of, of, of such a such a legendary player. Um, so this season we had we had cast to replace. We we signed I think it was fourteen players um, up until the point that the loan window finished in the first one. And when you looked around the squad, we only lost the two or three. <laughs> you know, there was absolutely no need for fourteen players. Yeah, you know, I think there's I think there's two. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's one, but I think there's two. We've still never seen. Um, we've got a goal, we've got a third choice goalkeeper that I don't think we'll ever see. You know, like and and we had three. <laughs> you know, like we, yeah. we were right. And so lots of things happened. Um, we had. Zoom calls from the chairman lambasting manager and players after getting beat in the League Cup against Barnsley in the opening game. Um, we then got beat by Barnsley in the opening game uh, of the season as well. And, and Sabri, Sabri's time was always up, I think, because the way we capitulated last season. But the, yeah. problem, we, the problem we had as fans was if, if they dealt with the players mentally better, we didn't need 14 new players. We needed to pick the ones up we had and add some quality to them and say, you overachieved last season. Here's some better players to help us along. Yeah. Great. But we didn't. What we did was we went, here's 14 more players. We're just throwing 14 more players at a puzzle and hoping that some of those pieces fit. And they just didn't because what was happening off the field was, was we were learning about the owner and the chairman and the necessarily the chairman, but, but some of the owners cronies from Greece that were going around the club and doing just weird things all the time <clears throat> from trying to be controlling to falling out with the council. I mean, bear in mind, we don't even own our own stadium. So falling out with the council really isn't a good idea. No. Um, you know, promising things to, 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 to the fan club and then distancing itself from, from certain um, fan groups, uh, just really strange. And then like the whole summer, we seem to have no social media presence whatsoever. Our captain left without without so much as a goodbye on Twitter, on, on Twitter without so much as a, a post on the Forest website yeah. to say, thanks, Ben Watson, for the last three years where you've probably been our best player for two of them. Like, you know, nothing. Literally nothing. And social media that, is like so, it's so important at the moment, isn't it? When you're not at the ground, you've got to get that spot on, haven't you? As a, foot, as a professional yeah, football just, club. It just disappeared in the summer and, and it was it got more and more noticeable as the season was about to start. And we were like, have we got a kit? Are we announcing this? <laughs> yeah, of course. Uh, basically- what, what, is, what is happening with Ben Watson? There was a period where the papers were reporting that Ben Watson had already gone to Charlton. He was still in our squad list on the website, but but so was somebody else at number eight. <laughs> it was like, what is, what is happening here? Yeah. Just the basics of running a football club, of running social media channels. Really very, very strange. So, so what happened? So what happened was everything seemed to go wrong in the summer from the recruitment part of it, from how they handled the manager and the failure of last season. He went, Chris Hutton came in. Now, I, I've been critical of the style of football over the recent, uh, probably the last couple of months. And actually, going up into the Bournemouth game, which was uh, Saturday, just gone, uh, we were like third in the league for, for the last 10 games. That, that's our form. And yeah. what I've been saying in the podcast recently is that that's great. Uh, my, my default situation is, though, that we're only five points after this weekend. We're only five points from relegation, yet yet we've only been beaten three times in the last I think it's 12 games. So for me, that's a worry because we haven't pulled away. Yeah. And also, also, the quality of football at times 
He's diabolical. Absolutely shocking. Some of the games of football I've had to watch this season, it's really not championship level. And, I, and that worries me. That maybe we'll, this, this, this run of form that we find ourselves in will stop and we aren't far enough away from the drop zone. I, I pray that this form will continue, even if half of it, we just pick up a win here and a, and a draw there, and yeah. we do get a couple of defeats, because then you, you're at least picking points up. But my worry is we drop into some of the results that we got earlier in the campaign. I think we, we, we lost four and, draw, and drew two in a, in a run at one point, uh, and that was like, this is really bad football. Like, we, I think it was Norwich, Bournemouth, Brentford, Watford, Durgan Brown, that was like a horrible run to have. But we didn't compete. You know, we didn't we didn't step up to, to try and match these teams. And then like this weekend, we've managed to match Bournemouth, but they weren't great. And I worry, like we we celebrated two victories against Coventry and Wickham. And I think to myself, am I the only one watching these and thinking these are really poor sides? Like Wickham are yeah, destined yeah. to go, they're destined to go straight back down and, and not for the ones of trying at least. And and now Coventry are all and are in an awful run where their players need to sort of get their head out of the sand and, and try and push. So here's me thinking, right, we've beaten these two sides and everybody's like, that's it, we're safe, we're fine. I'm like, no, you've beaten two League One sides. That's what we've achieved here. Let's try and keep level. And I think when you let's take let's take David Moyes, right? right we'll, do, we'll do something that's we'll do something that's so relevant, it's actually just happened, right? So obviously by the time you put this out, it'll be it'll be yesterday's tip papers. But David Moyes has been lambasted at times this season at the beginning, right? Mm-hmm. And West Ham fans couldn't stand him and they wanted him out and he was boring and negative and da 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 da. They've just beaten Sheffield United to go fourth in the Premier League. What do you want? What do you want as a fan? Exactly. You know, like um, Everton fans bemoaned Big Sam uh, when he Big Sam Allardyce when he came in, and he solidified them, and they didn't want him, so he got they, he went again, and then they struggled again under Ronald Koeman. It's like, what do you want? What what what? You know, allow allow the clubs to run themselves and allow people in sport who understand how it works maybe to to get it right. You know. Yeah, yeah, I get you. Football's such an up and down thing. You know, the thing with the thing with Slavin Bilic was that the result you weren't getting the results. And it didn't look like he was able to turn that around. So I get that change. I understand that change. With David Moyes, he's trying to change years of a poor squad. You know, like years of a team that bounces up and down. And now he's got them into fourth. A few a few months ago, Jose out. And then all of a sudden they're challenging at the top, Jose in. And now they're crap again, Jose out. And and that's like, we, we are so fast paced in oh, changing 100%. our opinions. It's horrific. We got, we've got no time for anyone. We've got no time for, for allowing what is natural. You know, you start the season and it's like, again, right at the beginning of the season, all the pundits, Leeds, brilliant. This is fantastic to watch. Then 12 games in, it's like, oh, actually, they could they could struggle this season. Give them time. like, And then they bounce back again. And then at the weekend, they're all bragging because they've beaten someone and Arsenal go and absolutely annihilate them in the first half. And it's like, you know, we, we just live in this world where, where we've got to have something now and we've got to have success now. Yeah, 100%. And I think... It's, it's 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 been difficult at West Brom, obviously with the Billich situation. I mean, I know we got promoted, and it kind of looked like that we had an overall successful season. But really, from last Christmas, the form just stopped. And if it wasn't for 
Brentford completely it was almost like I still think something suspicious went on right it's almost like Brentford just decided like we don't want to get promoted this year because as soon as they caught us up they just started throwing it away result our result after result I remember it was um it was Stoke City and they were really really struggling at the time in the league they managed to pull this result out against Brentford which completely changed the momentum but but that's it you know I would have liked to have seen Slavin get a bit more time to be perfectly honest with you you know he went to the Prem with um, not a lot of money maybe some of the investments he made weren't the wisest but you but you look at our team and it's just not strong enough and now obviously we've got big Sam and I you know I'm the type of supporter I'll always get behind the manager that we've got in at the time if that's the club's decision then happy days you know we've got to take it but three or four games in, like exactly what you were saying. We had people saying like, oh, big Sam out. This, this is terrible. And then he goes, and then he goes and leads us to victory in the, in the black country derby over the wolves. And he's, he's a hero. <laughs> he's Superman again. You know what I mean? Like we, 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 that's it. I think in England, we've got to change this culture of constantly attacking managers so quickly. Like you've got to come in, you've got to get your ideas, your philosophy, the players to understand how you work and that's it. And that's why you've got these managerial kind of merry-go, you know, like um, merry-go-round managers that we still see hanging on to jobs. Yeah. I mean, and we're not always, we're not always privy to the information, but what is the remit for Sean Dyche? every season. What, what was the remit for, for Steve Bruce this year? Was it to finish 17th and make sure that they keep earning Premier League money? Maybe, you know, yeah. because, because maybe those owners, like you, you talked about the conspiracy theory with Brentford. I don't think anybody doesn't want to get to the Premier League, but, but everybody will have a, an idea of when and, and where they should be. Yeah, yeah. You know, Sheffield United didn't start this season thinking, right, we survived last season. Let's push on for the Europa League. They just went, let's survive again because yeah. here is where we earn money and we build a bigger fan base and we, we can renovate the ground or we can renovate the training ground with all the money that we can bring in. And the reason that they're sticking with their manager is that he knows these players. Every, every single one of those is his. And come, come the end of the season, if they go down, the one thing that they'll know is that this guy was good enough to get him up last time with maybe a squad that didn't really look like it should go up, but he galvanized them. Can he do it again? Is it worth right now looking as bad as they are? I mean, they've got eleven, so they're 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 fourteen from safety already. You know, maybe they'll have a miracle, maybe they'll stay up. But if they don't, you kind of knew it at Christmas that they weren't going to stay. So so why so why get rid? So why get rid of him now? There's no point now. You're fourteen from safety. You've done it before now. But why get rid in the summer if he goes down? Because what you need to do is go right. Here are these parachute payments. Here's the money we got from the Premier League. Let's sell XXX who, who have impressed and will probably go on. And let's let's redevelop again. You know, maybe that'll be time, that'll be time up for Billy Sharp. That'll be time up maybe for, for David McGoldrick and maybe a few of the other older people. But they'll be able to blood some youngsters again and bring them through. And they'll give him a chance. The problem with the Premier League is it's like Roy Hodgson. What was his remit at the beginning? Because he's currently in 14th and they'll probably stay up. You know, like yeah. he's nine, he's nine clear of the relegation zone. That's probably enough because the way that teams below them play Brighton year on year now will be about survival. You know, there's even the most hardcore Brighton fan 
can't possibly sit there at the beginning of the season and go, right, this is our year. This is the year we win the title. <laughs> now, I know that happened for Leicester, and that was such an enigma. You know, and, and as, as Forest fans, we can relate to that because that's what we did. We went up and won, and it was like nobody kind of expected it. And Blackburn fans will remember doing that as well. But it happens as a rarity, not as a norm. So when right. Wolves, Leeds, Palace, Brighton, Burnley, Newcastle, Fulham, when they start this season, did they all start the season going, right, top four is, is what we're aiming for? No. Remember, remember when Hull... Remember when Hull were like riding high in the Premier League? Yeah. And people were like, oh my God, Hull. We're going to send people from Hull to Europe. And then all of a sudden, the bubble burst. Yeah. And, you know, and, and Phil Brown was the scapegoat for that, <laughs> eventually. So, it's we're, we're in a very quick decision world. Um, could Sabri have got Forest playing again this season? Maybe. But at no point were our Greek owners wanting to find that out. And Chris Hutton has been in, I think, since game four or game five of the season. So to still be in a relegation zone shows you that a manager of Chris Hutton's quality, he's busting his ass yeah, yeah. to get these players to do what he wants them to do. But he had like 30-odd players at his disposal. Just an, an unbelievable amount of players that, that could all probably get in the first team. And he's having to manage them. You know, we got Tyler Blackett on a free from Reading and he looked good in a preseason game and then he looked all right in a League Cup game and it's like, then he's got injured and he's barely been anywhere near the scene. We had uh, Embesso came in, young lad from, from Paris Saint-Germain, came into the side a couple of times, done really well, but keeps getting dropped. And we're like, and it's like every time they turn around, it's go, yeah, because he's young. I'm like, yeah, but he looks all right. So, you know, maybe he's exactly. all right. And it's, and we just got, you know, we've got Lewis Graben who scores goals for fun in this league. Can't score. We've got, Lyle Taylor, we got on a free, could have gone to Celtic, could have gone to a couple of other places. And we managed to get him. We were, we were all like, this will be a great signing. And he has, he's flattered to deceive. You know, now we're, we're relying on Glenn Murray, who's 48 or whatever he is. And it's like, <laughs> and it's, and don't get me wrong, he, he scored a wonderful goal in his debut and he worked really hard. We made no subs against Bournemouth on Saturday. It's just bizarre. We're like, we're going through this yeah. really weird time. He played a 37-year-old striker for 94 minutes. And he had Lyle Taylor and Lewis Graben on the bench. It's, it's a really strange thing. There must be something behind the scenes at Forest because that's weird on its own. That was it bizarre. Is, isn't it? It's strange. How's, uh, I've got to ask, obviously, a very popular player at West Brom is just... Uh, arrived at Forest uh, in the uh, the recent January transfer window. He's all right. Kravinovic. Kravinovic, he's all right. He's, he's all right. right. <laughs> he's all right. I mean, maybe you know, is, is it Pereira? Your your Pereira, yeah. Pereira, yeah. So so maybe when you've got players like Pereira buzzing around and people going bombing forward and and getting forward and and the, the game is attacking. Maybe somebody like Kravinovic comes into his own because there's a little bit of freedom and to be to be sort of uh, intelligent with your with your passing and your manoeuvres. He's not going to get that over the next few months because <laughs> we we don't particularly bomb forward uh, and we don't particularly get anywhere at pace. Um, and he's got now he's got a 37 year old trying to make space in front of him and two very average fullbacks trying to help. Uh, Anthony Knocker and uh, well, I mean, he's playing he's playing Luke Freeman as a winger the last couple of games, which again is another head scratcher. Um, and you know, like again in that squad, we've got five players who could play in that position. 
five. Do you want five for? It's one position. It's That's some squad depth, isn't it? <laughs> it's, it's unbelievable. Like, you know, we've got one of the players who started the season playing centre attacking midfielder, playing central defensive midfielder, and he's he's already vocally said, I don't really don't like playing there. <laughs> you know, but we just for we we've got like six six defensive midfielders, and I think four of them are currently injured. So it's like it's just it's a rotation of players that we just don't need. And Kravinovic, I think he's just finding out. So we had um we signed a player called Jao Carvalho a couple of years ago from uh, from Porto. Uh, or was it Benfica? We signed him from Portugal, and, and, and forgive me. And, and we signed him for a lot of money. He's, he's our record signing. And mm-hmm. of course, when you sign somebody like that, you think you want them to be a success because otherwise your record signing in the history books for a few years isn't great. Yeah. He's, he's now out on loan at Almira because he had a okay season. He's young. You know, and this, will, this, will, this is quite... Um, this divides the forest fans because again, I like we got, we got labeled like people who liked Carvalho said that everybody that didn't was just basically Jeremy Clarkson. Um, and we were too old to understand him. And, and, and I'm, and I fit in that second category, but, but I understood what Carvalho was trying to do and our formation, the way we play didn't help. Like we had this, yeah. we had this young lad who, who was naturally gifted as a footballer. We had him playing in a attacking midfield role. There's nobody to pass to. There's there's nobody to pass to. There's no there's no holes to unlock because nobody was moving into any of those spaces. So for sort of a year and a half, we kind of stifled him under under the the way we played under Sabri. Certainly this season, he wouldn't he wouldn't have got any further. But we just kept buying players for the same position. And I was just kept, I sat there like you signed Luke Freeman, you signed Cafu, you've now got Kravinovic, um, and there's a you know a couple of others that can play in that position. And I'm like, what's the point? That literally, that position has become pointless yeah, in, yeah. in the way that we've played football for nearly two and a half years. That 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 position's redundant, you know. Um, and and yet we just constantly sign players in the hope that they can magic passes from that position in a in a formation in a way that we just doesn't work. You know, we don't we don't go forward with enough pace to give this person the ball and open up a defence because we're not there. You know, there's there's no there's nothing free flowing about us to open up a bit of space for Kravinovic or Cavalio or for anyone to, to find that pass. And yet we've got four or five of them on the books. I don't understand it. That's it. It's, it, it is the importance, isn't it? Obviously, with recruitment, like, you know, something which has been massive at West Brom, you know, I can kind of draw similarities from what you've said to players that we've brought in. Like, you've got to, you've got to play them correctly in the system. Otherwise... There's no point in having them. I mean, I think back to <laughs> I think back to Tony Pulis, those days where Tony Pulis, I mean, I'd say the majority of the West Brom fan base are pretty against him. I, I would say I fall into that category. I mean, we did have some decent finishes under him, but by the end, when we did get relegated, he was really starting to kind of turn the fans against the club. And that was one thing that he did massively. The signings he, he made, you know, you had like, Chris Brunt, who, you know, is a big Albion legend, probably in my lifetime, at least, the most popular Albion player there has ever been. And you had him filling in at left back when he's like, you know, he's an attacking midfielder, really, with a, you know, wonder of a left peg. You know, I know um, his, his time's up at Bristol City now. He had a bit of a stint this season in the championship, but... Yeah, it's it's so frustrating, isn't it, from a supporter perspective when you see these players 
that have got, whether it's a price tag or the reputation, like the Chris Brandt example, and they're just not given the chance to shine. And then they're shipped back out on loan or sold and you never see anything of them. Brilliant. Yes. Well, it's been interesting to hear, uh, obviously, from a Forest fan's perspective about what's been going on there this season. But I, I want to move on and talk to talk a bit about uh, footy kit market, if I may. Because uh, obviously that's how I uh, first kind of, um, I, I guess, started to chat to you and um, met you through that. So um, I guess the first question, right, what was your inspiration behind starting the business? Uh, what, what, what was that first moment and how did you meet uh, and how did you meet Andrew? Uh, Andrew is my is my sister's boyfriend. Oh, okay. Um, so the the three of us the three of us do this together um, because, like anything, I don't do anything half heartedly. Of course. Uh, so, <laughs> as as we've as we've assessed, that's um, it. That's it. I, I, I think I was on a couch by now. I think I've realised. Uh, so <laughs> I, I sort of i i needed I needed help with with what I had in my mind. Um, uh, Andrew's a is a Wednesday fan. Uh, he's a good lad, and we've we've all got these strengths that that we can use and, and utilize. And Andrew's are are phenomenal in what he comes up with, uh, and the the work ethic that he has um, is is fantastic. So it's about it's about the three of us understanding each other and 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 pushing each other in into the right direction, um, and and just the 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 relationship now is that that we are we are one team you know we make decisions together mm. uh predominantly and unless they're sort of minute ones but but certainly the the big ones we make together and we 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 get together on zoom maybe three or four times a week and and we look at it and and we think about where we're going with it what direction we want to go in what uh what shirts we've got coming in what what uh promotional material we can make we've got like this week um You've you've seen a few of the videos that I've made with myself or, or with my yeah. daughter with my daughter in. Uh, um, uh, Lauren's done quite a bit of the stuff on on TikTok uh, that we've we've launched our own TikTok. So she's done the stuff on there. Um, and you know, only today we've we've come up with a couple of different things that we want to get going to get off the ground. Um, some ideas that are that will last longer than just being a one time thing. Uh, so like last week we introduced. Um, our welcome Monday. So every Monday now we, we sort of tag everybody that's a new follower for us. Um, I mean, I made a rod from my own back there because the more there are, the longer it takes, but Hey, that's, that's what it is. Um, that's only a positive know. though, that the list is getting longer. <laughs> yeah, that's good. You know, like obviously, you know, we, um, we appeared on, uh, we appeared on uh, away days on, on YouTube a little while back. Yeah. Uh, and that, 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 video, that yeah. helped. Yeah. You know, that helped to promote and, I'm gonna I'm gonna veer off I'm gonna veer off tangent here and then when this is released potentially watch a few people not followers and a few people followers. So I get I'm very intrigued by the the football shirt community. Why did I why did I get involved in it? Um I was sat and I had time and everybody has to eat. And I'm a I'm a very realistic and honest person. So when I thought of this, I thought of it of a way of helping myself pass time mm -hmm. uh, through through this whatever this is. But I need to I need to clothe my child, you know. Um, yeah, of course, of course. And I need to and I need to put cheese in my fridge. I'm not allowed cheese anymore, but I used to <laughs> I used to need to put cheese in my fridge. Um, 
So I, I struggle with I struggle with some aspects of the community because there's there's an illegal element of what some people are doing. Like you know, I'm I'm registering every shirt I sell with my accountant. I'm registering every purchase I make the right way. Every customer gets an invoice. Every every penny that we spend, every penny that we that we get is done properly. So I yeah. sort of there's a there's a few gray areas within the community where I wonder whether that's necessarily true. And one of the things that I want to bring to that community with the website and with the the way that we we do our business is the the belief that you're getting a a genuine shirt. I watch all manner of conversations and blow my mind about genuine shirts and fake shirts. And I bought this from this guy and this guy says, I'm sorry. And he says that. And then, oh, this guy says it's real actually, but it's not. I was like, look, I mean, it's all good and well, but would I want to give somebody who's pretty much a random stranger, whether you think you know them or not, 180 pounds for a shirt because they seem quite nice on Twitter? Hell no, that's not that's not for me. Um, yeah, of but. But you can dig and you can get to know somebody. And there are some really nice sellers. There are some really good sellers. Uh, some people who are, who are dealing in, whether it's their own stuff and they just feel like switching it around. Um, uh, you know, uh, I'll call, I'm going to call out Rob Fletcher for this. Like Rob is, Rob is a guy who I only know through, through, through Twitter. Uh, and I've purchased some shirts from him and, and he's purchased some from us. But I watch him evolve his wardrobe if you like uh all the time and and i like that like, you know basically all he's doing is he just wants to he just wants to understand different shirts and he gets them in and he he trades them off and, and he gets them out again and and he, he he'll build this collection and when he's finished with that collection he sells that off and he builds another collection i like that idea i think that's really mm. good and then and then you've got the concept of people saying that they're shirt sellers but are you doing it right you know like if it's if it's just through Depop, are you are you definitely putting all the money where it should go? So there's a there's that element, and like that's any business. Like that's not just this. That I'm not just I'm not just pinpointing one area. That's any business. You know, are, yeah, you, are you doing every are you doing everything correctly? You're doing everything that you should be doing. So I wanted to make sure that one of the things that people always knew that we were doing was the right thing. Um, you know, when you get your shirt, we've tried everything to make sure that shirt is legitimate. You know, we, we've got processes on the wall. We've got processes in emails. We've got ways of trying to check. So I had a guy today go, oh, I've been recommended by another kit seller. And I thought, well, why didn't they say it? <laughs> why didn't they check it? But he was like, can you check my shirt? I was like, I'll check your shirt. I'll absolutely check your shirt. And I'll tell you that what I see is what yeah. I believe, you know? So, so we want to be able to be, we want to be trusted. We want to be a, a place where people go, right, I'm not worried about checking this shirt. I just like the price. And actually I'll buy this because I've got to know these guys behind the scenes. I've got to know and trust them. Um, you know, like again, today we had a couple of sales where we don't know these people. They're not, they're not names we recognize from Twitter. They're not names we recognize from Instagram. Great. That's exactly what we want as a, as a company. Cool. It's just somebody random rocking up and going, I found your website. It looks great. I trust you bang you've got a returns policy you're gonna your stuff's gonna come with inside a day for just three quid um it comes packaged up nicely when they get it if it's their first time they open their box and there's some free stuff inside it great do you know what that's the least i can do that's the least i can do because you're coming to us and you're paying your money with us and that's that's what it is i, I struggle i struggle with anybody that says 
they're doing a business for anything other than doing a business because that's what that's what it is you know like if it's a a charity it's a charity and that's different you know like so i i i have this and this is me this is this is the voice of alan not necessarily football kit market this is this is me as a person yeah yeah yeah. I struggle. I struggle when I see people going. I'm only doing this for that's nonsense. It's 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 just it's just for me that's nonsense. You're either doing it for a reason, or you're doing it all wrong. You know, like mine is my world was was ripped from underneath my feet in March of 2020. Okay. So to be heading towards March of 2021, having built something off the ground myself, knowing the I've been fair and honest with people. And now what we're showing people through the website, through our social media, through our videos, is our personality, is our trustworthiness, is our pricing structure. I'm more than happy with that. I'm more than happy with where that year's taken. Amazing. And I think, um, you know, obviously I've mentioned this to you guys on Twitter before. I try and be as open and honest in, you know, what what I talk about on Twitter as well. And I mean, I guess, I mean, I'm, I'm not really a, a seller. I'm not really a massive buyer. I don't spend the amount of money that I, that some of the people who I follow do. I'm just kind of there. Like, so sort of what I touched on before, I just enjoy seeing football shirts, talking about football, meeting people through it, that kind of social side of it. And, you know, I can honestly, if you've not heard of footy kit market before, um, you know, as I say, links will be down in the description. I can't recommend that the, you know, the shirts enough. Like I got a, a Brazil shirt for you guys just a couple of weeks ago and uh, yeah, you know, amazing quality and, and everything that came with it as well. I love the little Corinthian figure and the cards and it's, and, and I think that, I think that's what it, that is what it's all about, you know, and, and I, and I feel like any shirt that I saw on your website, um, you know, I know I could trust. And I think that's an important thing when you just, especially like in my position where you, you, you know, I don't have a massive knowledge. I mean, I've got a, I've got a decent knowledge of, of West Brom stuff. I could probably help people out if they needed that. But when you go server, you know, I'm asking people for help. So having that level of trust in the business like yourselves, and I just think everything about footy kit market is great. So highly yeah. recommended. Go and check it out. Uh, and you know, I can, I can only thank you for that. But I, it's, it's funny, actually. I want, I want to try and revisit what I said right at the beginning about our DMs being open and people using that to, to try and help themselves with their... You know, sometimes... Things that I do like that don't always marry up with maybe what I just said a moment ago about my mm. ethos, you know, and that's where I think people get me wrong as an individual. I think they think I am only business centric. I'm not, I'm really not, you know, if I can help someone, I will, you know, you let's take, for instance, you said, would you like to be on the podcast? Okay. <laughs> you know, 100%, like, yeah. there was no, there was no what's in it for me. You know, it was the same with, with Ellis. Ellis said, you know, does anybody want to sell a box of shirts? And I was like, yeah because I'm here to sell shirts, you know, and I'm not naive. I'm not naive. You know, what Ellis has built, and I I mentioned this a little while ago in in, in a tweet that I put out. Um, There's a a bit of me in Ellis, because I I understand the graft that that lad is putting in to making his YouTube channel what it is and where he he wants it to be. And, but I'm also a realist. If football manager of the game said to Ellis, tomorrow here's x amount of thousands of pounds please stop doing your youtube channel and just do ours he's got a serious thought to make for his rest of his life about his finances and about his his job prospects you know and 
I do. I love people that live with values. It's great. Like you know, they're 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 what the world's built on. I have mine, but and that's my family, and that's 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 making money for my family, and and it's being mm. a nice person. It's being an honest person. But we all have opportunities in life where we have to make a decision. So so here is a guy who's absolutely smashing what he's doing on away days, but if he gets an opportunity from FIFA to go and do something on a game or be a presenter in one of their channels or this, that, the other, and he had to eradicate away days, that's a serious thing you'd have to think about. And we're all the same. We're all human beings. So I'm sat here going, right, I will help you out in my DMs because I want to, because, I, because if you are, if you are a nice enough person to open up to me and say, I've got this problem and, and I just need to talk, then I'm all about that. I'm all ears. But if you come on to if you come onto our website and you want forty pounds off a fifty pound shirt, go away. Go, exactly. Yeah. Go, go off. Go back off to Depop, or or make your silly claims on on eBay. I'm <laughs> I'm not about that. What we've done is set out an opportunity for you to go on and go right. Here's the shirt. These are the prices. Maybe next week there'll be a ten percent off or a fifteen percent off, or they'll be generous and there'll be a twenty, or they'll do a competition. Yeah, we might do all of those things because because I believe in those things. I believe in in creating a hype and and, and building us up. But am I going to be stupid with the prices because you've gone a hey, mate about ten pounds? Absolutely not. Like that's like oh, again manners, respect, and we built this thing up to be what we feel is the fairest it can be. And have we got more up our sleeve? Absolutely, and that's great. And that's because that's 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 me and Andrew and Lauren chatting with each other and being creative. Um, and and we will continue to have conversations with people who want a certain shirt because it means much too much to them for their family. Or can I find this? Or can I check that? Absolutely. Absolutely. So I would always say to people, don't take me the wrong way. What I'm doing is setting up a business and I've made no bones about that. Um, but am I also able to chat as part of the community? Yeah, please don't judge me as anything else. Brilliant. So I guess I guess my next question kind of links into what we've mentioned there. But what would you say is the biggest challenge uh, behind running Footy Kit Market? <laughs> the number of shirts. <laughs> it um, is I can see quite a nice collection behind you. <laughs> yeah, so this this is this is the stuff that I gather from around places, and then this will this will end up in the UK. I think uh, it's scheduled to go next week, so it'll be it'll be on the website probably within within the next two or three weeks. Um, thanks Brexit, by the way. Um, so um, that was <laughs> that was the first chance I've had to really get that in. Thanks Brexit, you've made things difficult. But yes, I can I can only imagine. Um, yeah, I mean, like I mean. It's not, I can't even get on a plane and just put them in my suitcase. <laughs> um, so, so things things are just trebly hard. But anyway, um, <laughs> yeah. Like, what's what's the most difficult thing? So, and here's one. For, this might surprise a few people. So here's one for you. Like, people have a go at um, classicfootballshirts.com, and they have a bit of a dig at their pricing structure, and they have a bit of a dig at, at maybe their customer service, but. But name me a name me a place that has a wider range of football shirts. That's true. Yeah, like they're the leader, aren't they? They are the market leader, classic football shirts. You know, like again, how many people are sat there now going and be honest with themselves? I would love I would love for people to respond to this, right? How many people are sat there right now and will flatly deny that they started this thinking they could be the next CFS? Because because I read so many people going, ah, oh, I'm just I'm doing it because of this, this is a no, you're not. You 
you've got some shirts and you've thought this shirt selling stuff looks easy. I'm going to do this, you know, in my spare time from my spare bedroom, you know, or from my, from my cupboard. I'm going to yeah, do this because yeah, yeah. I, I can do it. You, you've seen them. You, you, you can see, you can see the websites or, or you can see the people selling going websites coming soon. It's never coming because your other part of your life is going to take over you or it's going to consume you. And, and I am, I am blessed to have the time I've got right now. Right. Cause I tell you now, if this was, if this was a year ago, the amount of work I was doing then, I was only just coming back from uh, Russia from doing, to doing a skiing event. Uh, would I have had the time? Absolutely not. But I'm blessed. So I've got the time. So I'm going to do it right. And uh, I employ, I implore people to, to make sure they know what they're doing with this, where they're going with, with, with this venture. Yeah. But, but we've all looked at CFS and gone, I can do that. Because <laughs> you're mad if you haven't. And, but you're also mad if you deny it. Because as you say, market leader, thousands upon thousands of items, sometimes hundreds of the same thing. You can't do that yet. You know, there aren't many out there that can do that. Subsider getting there. Um, you know, the kit man's great. And vintage shirts is great. And classic shirts is great. But they're not CFS. You know, and and to get, you know, they, they've got a model and there are things that I look at and go, that could be better, but that's great, <laughs> you know, and they've got this idea and it's taken them a decade to get to where they are. And, and you know, don't, don't be fooled into thinking that you can achieve that any quicker because I, I tell you, having spent a decade in one area building up a company, I absolutely respect what those lads have done. To, to make CFS what it is. Um, does it feel pricey to your average Joe? Yeah, I think it does feel a little bit pricey. But is there a reason that they have that? Yeah, absolutely, because of the volume of people they've got involved, because of the overheads they've got involved. But what they offer you is the choice. Now, you can either spend your money or walk away. That's your choice. But That's to it. then lambast them because a shirt is 15 or 40 or 60 pounds more than you think it should be, it's not quite right because the next person that comes along who does want a West Brom 1984 home kit and is prepared to spend £350 on it, they'll buy it. And that's a sale for CFS. And that's what it is. You know, like to begin with, we, we made this, we made this pack between us that we would, it would have to be a very special item to break the, the £100 barrier on our website to begin with. Because obviously, we didn't have that money to invest in those sorts of shirts straight away to, to be able to get those those, those grails, if you like. And, and, I, and I don't yeah, really yeah. like that phrase. I'll, I'll tell you why I don't in a minute. I don't really particularly like the phrase grail um, and how it gets tagged onto certain shirts and not others. But anyway, so, so we didn't really have that. And then all of a sudden, I came across this Liverpool shirt uh, from 1988, and I got it for an unbelievable price. And I was like, I'm amazed. Like, I've got this. And a guy messaged, like, literally, it's spooky how it happens. It's happened more than once. A guy messaged me and went, what have, you got, what have you got for Liverpool? And I was like, well. Um, <laughs> have I got a story to tell you? Yeah, yeah. Here's this picture of this shirt. How do you fancy that? Great, what size is it? It's your size. Good, I'll take it. How much is it? And I was like, well, look, I tell you what I'll do. I don't know is the honest answer because I've literally just got my hands on it. Yeah, yeah. We'll take we'll take a look at CFS and I'll give it you for half. Now, some people would say that's bad business because I could have sold it for more. Some people would say that's me being honest, which I think I prefer. But what you make as a profit is what you need as a profit. 
It's not necessarily what you can have. You know, I we, see. Yeah, yeah. In our, in our, in my other area, I'm not the most expensive commentator there is, but I'm not the cheapest. You know, and it depends what you want, and it depends how much I need. You know, I, I built, I built, I built a life here in Bulgaria because, at the time, I wanted to be able to expand AMS. Uh, and and the cost of living in the UK was was ridiculous. To have a house that could be an office and have everybody based there, and pay for that was just an astronomical amount of money. So my dad had a my dad had a massive heart attack, and I I came over to Bulgaria to look after to look after him and my mum for a little while. And I was like, nobody's missing me. I'm sending my emails. I'm having my phone calls. Yeah. Nobody knows where I am. Nobody cares because as long as I turn up and do the job, or my team of people turn up and do the job, hmm. So I moved my entire family here and said, look, we can do this because our cost of living will be lower. I can invest more into AMS. I'm doing the same with, with FKM. I want to invest what I can. So ergo, I'm selling things for what I think is reasonable for me. You know, um, cool. I had a guy the other day, I, I, saw him, I saw him post something about how much we were going to put uh, the price of a certain shirt on. So I said, now... I, again like me just being me i was like if you'd like to take a look at the website and and review our prices quite happy to talk to you i wasn't gonna i wasn't gonna get into a, a slanging match because that, yeah. that's, that's also not me so i thought the polite thing to do here was to say actually you take a look at our website because you've just prejudged me there so i'll tell you what instead of prejudging our website take a look at the website and somebody else chirped in and said, actually, mate, I think you'll find these are quite reasonably priced. And then somebody else came in on the other side and was like, yeah, yeah, actually, I got a shirt from them and it was really good value. And this guy came back about a day later and was like, yeah, I did have a look, actually. Yeah, your prices are quite reasonable. And again, this is what I was talking about earlier about trolls and, and just people who just can't, yeah. they can't bear to be nice in the first instance. They've got to find a negative to start with. So, so the one issue that we come up against, to answer the question, is... There's millions of football shirts, isn't there? You know, um, oh, like yes. like picking a gym or like buying a car or like buying a, a set of trainers. It's all about what you want. And this brings me to what I was talking about, about the grail thing. Mm -hmm. Your own grail is your own grail. Don't be bullied into thinking that the Fiorentina white shirt with Nintendo across the middle is the grail or a Roma shirt with Totti on is the grail or the 1988 to 1990 Northern Ireland green is the gr it's it's not it's your your I answered this the other week on of the on the other podcast with the Wolves fan and I said like <laughs> and, I, and I said it on I said it on local on local BBC radio the other day it's it's you 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 are you are what makes a shirt like we like you said you bought a you bought a Brazil was, you, was yours the Ronaldinho Ronaldinho one that was it yeah Right, and you were delighted with it. And we had a guy, guy today's bought us. If we sold two Zidane shirts today, it's quite random actually. Zidane day. <laughs> um, it's, no, it's no longer Monday. It's Zidane day. So that's it. So, but both of those have responded by going, "This is amazing. That's what I've been looking for this for ages." Like, I don't know what everyone wants because that's impossible, you know. Of course. But what I can do is I can look at a shirt and go, "It's a good price," so I can sell it for a good price because somebody might want that. You know, we've got uh, we've got three Copenhagen shirts just sat there at the moment, and I don't think we've got we've got a sniff of them. They're not terribly priced; they're really not. But 
what I'm what I'm what I'm able to do is say, right, I don't need to sell these. We're selling other things. We're, we're buying things that we do know sell. So you you have that. I'm giving business tips if you like, but I'm and I'm not and I'm not preaching. There's enough of that on, on on social media. So with people telling people how to run their their shirt businesses, but but. We, we look at our target audience. We know what sells. We have, we have a, a handful of Manchester United fans that seem to come back on a regular basis. So we, we try and keep Manchester United items coming in because that keeps it, keeps it fresh. Of course, yeah. I have, a, I have a big Forest fan, fan basis that come to the website because they know me or they know the podcast or they've got, they've got used to me over time. So Forest shirts sell quite easily. I've got two of those bloody yellow horrible things that wow, people don't like. I love that. them. This is, my, this is mine and my dad's. They, they're both hanging up in my office. Um, and and like, so we've got a couple of those we've had come in and people snap those up. So it's about learning what you can sell on a regular basis. Yeah. And then that allows us to have stuff that somebody might just pop along and go, I've always wanted the pink Copenhagen top that, you know, that Gronkyard played in once. And it's like, brilliant. Then there it is, my friend. You know, like today we've got a couple of Ajax numbers and I'm like, it's not the greatest of Ajax number, but somebody will have a reason. Um, we we sold a, a shirt to, to somebody because it reminded them of a, a, of a relative. You know, like if that's not a Grail shirt, what is? Because just because it doesn't look like the away Juventus of 87, or, or the home United kit of 94, it, it, it's, it's very much each to their own. And I would, impl- I, would, I would say to anybody, please don't get dragged into what should be your grail. Yeah. Your grail. Like if you bought if you bought one of the Verde Bremen third kits last week from M&M Direct for $16.99, you know the one with the houses and stuff on? Phenomenal shirt. Looks amazing. Looks I was great. buzzing with mine. <laughs> it's amazing. And, and I got a couple because we'll just, we'll sit on, like we tried to, we gave one away as the competition last week. We said to people, you know, you've got your choices. I bought a couple of, I bought a couple of those because I like to give those away. Now, if that makes me horrible, then so be it. But I bought a couple of them so we could give them away. And it's all about promotional material. But I tell you what, if I, if I did a promotion and you won one of those Verda shirts, I'd expect you to walk to my house and high-five me because it's That's amazing. It. It's a beautiful shirt. That's it, 100%. 100%. You, know, it's, you can't argue it's, with it, can you? No, I don't think you can. And, and you know, some people then get drawn into some people then get drawn into buying everything they see at sixteen ninety nine on M M&M Direct, and then that's why we came up with our with our slogan: only spend what you can afford. And we and we stick by that, and we use that quite quite regularly on the as a hashtag. And, and I believe in that. Like, so I'll give you an example, and this might surprise a few people. So I've been asked, and I've, it's probably one of your questions here, but I've been asked, what's my what's my what's my Grail shirt? What's my favorite shirt that I would like to own? Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, and I don't have it behind me. So one of my favourites was the yellow one, and I managed to get hold of that um, just after Christmas time. So I was delighted to, to have that. Um, and my wife and one of my best friends uh, from my, one of my longest friends as well, uh, both both got me randomly uh, signed forest shirts for Christmas, which I was because they you know, my my mates said I had a tough year, and my wife just loves me, <laughs> great, um, which is good. Um, so so they both bought me a signed forest shirt. One was from Stan Collymore, and one was from uh, from Stuart Pearce. And amazing, yeah. Like I mean, that's that's you know in, in itself, I was I was I was buzzing. But there is a shirt that I've always wanted, and it's the it's the ninety three ninety five away forest shirt. It's a blue number with a with the green trim. Stan Collymore played in it. Uh, Stuart Pearce, some fantastic names. Stevie Stone, all played in 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 these in this kit. We we beat United at Old Trafford in this kit. We came third in the Premier League in the in our return to the top flight. And 
I've always wanted it. And I remember having it as a kid and I don't really know where it went. And, and then now I'm an adult and, and I can afford to buy a few things. Um, the yellow one I saw, it was my size. So I bought it. The other week, um, I saw the blue forest kit on eBay, checked, did all the checks I could, asked all the questions I could. Uh, it's legit. I feel like it's legit. Um, from every check I've done it, it, you know, it would be hard to, it would be a very good fake from that, from that point. So I managed to win it for what I consider was a decent price. Um, but, but because I want to make sure my, my children are fed, because I want to make sure that my bills are paid, uh, and because I do genuinely believe in only spend what you can afford. Of course. I've actually said to Andrew and Lauren, when that comes in, it goes on sale. It goes on sale for a price that I think it's worth. Yeah. And if someone buys it, so be it. And if someone doesn't buy it, and I get to the point where I know I can actually afford it again, I'll buy it. So that might sound strange to some people, but welcome to the mad world that is Alan March, because oh. that, that is what I think is the right thing to do. I, I don't want to spend X knowing that that X is good for my family right now, and we could use that to do other things with. Um, my wife... My wife said to me that uh, no one's, I, I, I don't believe in Valentine's Day, by the way, I'm hugely against it. Uh, however, uh, my wife said that no one's ever bought her, bought her red roses on Valentine's Day. So this year, I spent the equivalent of what that shirt was on red roses for my wife for Valentine's Day. We're, we're living apart at the moment. She's working in the UK to, to make sure that we survive as a, as a, as a, as a, as a family, as we have the right finances. So we're not seeing each other. I haven't seen her since Christmas. You know, I, I left, I left at the beginning part of the year and, and she's still there. And she was there for three months before Christmas and we, we got a chance to see her over the Christmas period. So, so I decided that I should spend my money on my wife uh, as opposed to spending it just on me on a shirt. So it will go on sale on the website. And if it sells one, I hate you, whoever buys it, uh, but, two, <laughs> but two, I've done the right thing. It was obviously not meant for me at that time. And that's and that's that, that's it. It's it's all about priorities, isn't it? At the end of the day, and it sounds like you know from what you said there that you you've got it completely in check. And I guess that's advice we can give out to people who are listening to this. Maybe they are people who are buying lots of shirts. It's you know you've got to be careful, haven't you? At the end of the day, you've got to be careful with your finances, even if it means missing out on you know the the football shirt of your dreams, whatever that might be. The thing with the thing with the world we've got at the moment with eBay, Depop, Facebook Marketplace, I could go on with places you can buy these shirts. The shirt will come up again at some point in the future, won't it? And there'll always be somebody who's got it in their loft, got it in their collection, a few years down the line thinking, you know, I need to make a few quid. Let's put it online and you'll be able to take advantage of that. So yeah, I, I totally you know support that message really. And I think it's a important thing for people to know. And just touching on what you said about um, obviously the, the idea of a grail or, you know, your favorite all time shirt. It, it seems to me, it's very conclusive of society today with, instagram and facebook and everybody trying to make out this this kind of idea that they've got like this dream idyllic lifestyle and i think it sort of mirrors over to the shirts it's like oh you can't be happy with your 
use my example, my Brazil shirt, because I've got a shirt that's worth more money. I've got a shirt that was, you know, that's rarer or whatever. And uh, yeah, it's, it's all about being happy with what, with what you got, isn't it? And making decisions that are right for you. Do you, uh, do you see those, do you see those people when somebody puts a shirt up and then somebody goes, yeah, but I've got this. Oh, <laughs> so frustrating, isn't it? <laughs> no, no offense, mate. No one asked. Allow Barry from Manchester to celebrate his Boca Juniors shirt from 78 <laughs> without, without Mike from Kettering going, yes, but mine was actually worn by Maradona. <laughs> um, like, just give me a minute to breathe, man. Like, just let me put my shirt on there and just go, look, I've managed exactly. to get this shirt, which is a huge deal for him at the time. And then somebody just swoops straight in. Yeah, but my antlers Japan top is better than that. <laughs> is, it, is it really? That's it. That's it. 100%. 100%. So, um, obviously, there we've covered um, obviously the challenges behind running uh, footy kit market and things that we see on on social media and kind of the general community. Um, but and I, th- I think I think we've already I guess touched on elements of this before. But it'd be good to hear what your favourite thing about running footy kit market is. Ooh. The creativity of it. I think you know, like. Um... I was really upset that my my little video about the England shirts didn't get more views um, because it was bloody cold making that, and I, <laughs> I felt like a I felt like I suffered for my art. Um, <laughs> and, and also, my David Bentley joke was very good, and it just got swept under the carpet. Um, tough crowd, then, tough crowd. <laughs> it's, no, it's such a soft crowd. Uh, <laughs> I obviously i've I've done I've done lots of work voice wise and presenting wise and bits and bobs. So it was only natural for me to kind of start making little videos and bits and bobs. And I've, I've, I've got quite close to, to Chris who runs chat shit. Um, so yes, uh, yeah, I've seen, yeah, seen his uh, videos. Very, very good. Yeah. Like, and I love what Chris does. And, I, and me and him, we were, we were having a chat one day and he was like, Oh, competition. And I went, no, because <laughs> there's, t- there's two very subtle differences. Chris, you are making videos to inform people, which is great. I'm making videos to show people what we've got for sale. It's two very, very different areas. And we had a good laugh about, we had a good laugh about that. And, and again, like me, me being brutally honest, like I make the video, if it's entertaining, great. If it entices you to buy a shirt, fabulous. Like if you just watch it and laugh at it and go, God, he's an idiot. Brilliant. That's exactly what I set out to do. Um, there's a couple of, we, we have a couple of uh, female followers on our uh, social media on Twitter. Um, and they, they, they get in touch with me and they're like, love your videos. <laughs> just, Amazing. just, can you make another one? I'm like, yeah, okay, great. You know, and, and I having, I mean, I own a mirror, so I know that these people are only asking me to do it because it's funny as opposed to just looking at me. Um, it's cause I have got my own mirror to, to be honest. <laughs> um, so, so, so it's nice to get that, that sort of level of feedback and, and it comes from other people as well. Like as a, as a young guy, you know, and you, you talk about what do I enjoy? Yeah, I enjoy the interaction as well. Like there's a guy called Billy who collects, um, Norwich shirts. Uh, people, people will know Billy from from his from his Twitter profile. Uh, he's got like a massive collection of Norwich shirts. I think he's like he's featured on their program cover about twenty eight million times um, <laughs> because, and he's in an article as well. And you know, just recently, his, his dad was his dad was ill with a with a heart problem, and I was able to sort of chat with him and and sort of say to him as in a DM, you know, like my, my old man had a triple heart bypass a few years ago. Blah blah blah. You know, you, be, you know, just have a just have a nice healthy chat with him. So. 
so I'm, I am loving the interaction and I just want people to make sure they understand what I'm about. It's not a false interaction. It's not, I'm not, I'm not only interacting because I think you might spend 112 pounds. I don't care. You know, somebody will spend 112 pounds, whether it's you or not. I'm not that fussed. You know, the, the shirts are there to be looked at. The shirts are there to be admired. The shirts are there to be purchased. If I'm messaging you or you're asking me to come on here, it's because I want to, you know, like it's, it's funny, isn't it? You know, Fat men are jolly. It's not. It's not actually that true. Um, I've spent. I've spent days where I haven't spoken English to anybody because it's not. I don't speak Bulgarian that well. Like very pigeon. And mm-hmm. a lot of the people I have to interact with on a daily basis don't speak English at all. So, so I spend a lot of hours on my own. My daughter comes in, speaks absolute garbage to me for twenty minutes, and goes back again. And and as much as I love her, it's not really a conversation. And so, I've really enjoyed the escapism of being able to sort of go hi chris from chat shirts or or hi billy <laughs> you know um cool. kit kit kingdom um and uh you know just uh, el classico and uh, you've got like future classics you had on before like i've had a couple of chats with him uh in the in the past as well and just just people you know just i've just somebody will come on and you know we had a we had a couple of guys get in touch with me about the charity that we 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 sort of side with um we have a couple of um offers with every now and again and this guy was like oh i do a little bit of work for little footprints as well and i'm like great didn't know you but do now and next time we were at an event we'll say hello you know and it'll be and it'll be fantastic so so the shirts is great like did I ever see myself wearing a Nigeria home shirt? No, I didn't. But but I've got one now, and, and I think I was bullied into that. <laughs> um, but it was also 15 quid, so I was like, well, actually. You can't argue, can nice. you? Um, and, and I went to Nigeria for the first time last year as well, so I was like, homage to probably one of my worst experiences traveling ever. Um, so, so, yeah, so, like, you know, the shirts are great, and I've been able to kind of look at things and and, and purchase things. I got myself a couple of Munching Gladback shirts the other day, and I was like, because that's my that's my German team, and I've got one, and I was like, nah, I need a couple more, and I managed to get a couple of good deals, decent deals. So it's it's the looking, it's the finding, the you know we we managed to get some absolutely fantastic stuff on the site so far for what we think is good prices. Uh, so we're going to continue to do that, and and I enjoy that part of it, but getting a message from someone or just getting a, a tweet to say, I really like that, or that's great, or this is really interesting. Yeah, I, I love the whole interaction of it. Um, come come and talk to me, I'm lonely, basically, is what I'm saying, isn't it, really? Um, <laughs> so it sounds like a terrible Tinder advert. I'm lonely, talk to me. Um, so, you know, uh, but no, it's, it's, been, it's been great to chat to people and get to know them. Uh, if I if I didn't say your name out here earlier, then I'm sorry. I wasn't being I wasn't being sightist or or accountist. Uh, I was just I'm very forgetful. Uh, but yeah, like there's so many people I've spoken to, and as soon as we stop this, I'll be like, oh, I should have mentioned them. They're great. But you know, it's Mad, Maddie's another one. Maddie, the young lady, Maddie, uh, massive United fan. Just you know, like it's really refreshing to talk to to people. I think there's a great there's a great stigma about women wearing football shirts as well. I think we're we're trying to address the hat. Um, that's been that's been interesting. Um, I know that um, the kick kick king kick man whatever he was called when he bought uh, he bought some women's shirts and he was wearing them because they fitted him and people gave him a bit of grief for that. I'm like, 
you're mad. What's wrong with people? Just, oh, exactly. Just, the guys, the guys managed to find out that a female shirt fits him and it's half the price of a man's shirt. You should be, you should be bowing at his feet, not calling him, not calling him any names. You know, <laughs> totally that's, agree. That's, that's legendary status. That's, that's unbelievable. Well done to him. Yeah, amazing, amazing. So carrying on, um, obviously talking about shirts, I'll be really interested to find out um, what would be, what would you say is the most overrated shirt of all time? See, I'm going to, people are going to say I'm being a politician here, but I'm not. I'm going to double back onto what I said earlier, is every shirt means something to someone. Um, no, fair enough, so, fair enough. So I just, like, you've entered a shirt sometimes, like, I sort of look at them and go, it must be so hard to be the Juventus, <laughs> Juventus uh, creator each season. You know, what do you want? It's black and white stripes. You know, what, oh, okay. All right. You know, West Brom, what do you want? Oh, it's blue and white, isn't it? So what do you want to do with that? Oh, blue and white. We can, make, we can make one of the blue stripes thicker this season. That's a great idea. <laughs> Did we do that before? Don't remember. But let's just do it anyway. And then we'll make, the or- then we'll make an orange one and a green one. And we'll look like a bag of refreshers. Be great. Um, <laughs> So, so you know, every I, I do feel sorry for for hooped and striped kit fans, but it's like this season's Forest kit. It's a bit meh, but the I, th- I like the away one, and I like the and I like the third one. I love the third one. Um, the away ones, the away ones arriving soon in a delivery to me with uh, with special bin bags for our bin. I don't really understand that. Um, so, like, we got um, <laughs> welcome to the welcome to the weird world of Alan. By the way, uh, we got bin bags from we have ordered bin bags. I'm not really sure. Just put a black just put a black bin rider in. Uh, so anyway, so yeah, so so this season's home kit for Forest, I think, is really boring. I think it's a bit dull. It's a bit boring. But but some people don't like the away one, and so yeah, every every shirt. Every shirt is looked at so so differently. Yeah, yeah. I I like the banana, the bruised banana from Arsenal, but I hear you know, like you hear a chat and you go, people go, oh, I, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be contentious and say I don't like it. You're not being contentious; it's your opinion. Stop That's trying it. to stop trying to make it out sound like your opinion's not not worthy. It is worthy, you know. Or oh, this will be unpopular. No, it won't. It'll be unpopular now because you've said that. Um, just just type like a human and go. I don't like this. And then hopefully other humans will type and go, fair play, mate. Well said. Um, but they don't. People go, oh, unpopular opinion. And the next person goes, you're an idiot. Um, because that's what we've built, isn't it? Well, that's it. I think, you know, it's it, it, it's wider than obviously the football kit world as well. Just, you know, you, you look on some like news articles and posts on Facebook and Twitter. And it seems like as a society, we've lost the ability to just have a civilized discussion about things. Because if you, you know, because there's, there's views that I've got that other people won't agree with. And that's all right. But, you know, I'm personally always happy to sit down and have a chat with someone. If we do have those differences, that's all right. Because I, I, don't, I don't think it's necessarily a good thing to surround yourself with people who think exactly the same as you do because you need to be exposed to like, like we were talking about traveling, you know, earlier on and, and, the, and how that, uh, you know, can really benefit your life and kind of help you grow as a person. It's the same, with, it's the same just with opinion. You, you've got to be able to listen to, to other people. And that's been a thing in my personal development over the past few years that, you know, that I've got better at. Just being able to sit down and listen to people taking what they think on board just because it's not what I think doesn't mean it's not it's not right. It's just no, exactly. Uh, I think uh, I think another spin-off episode should be uh, countries that Alan's nearly died in an Uber in. Because um, <laughs> uh, I actually well, I sat, I sat thinking about this the other day. I was like, 
I've nearly died in a lot of places, and they're all in Ubers. Um, so uh, yeah, we could uh, <laughs> could definitely have that as a as a spin-off. But yeah, like, you know, the, part two, <laughs> part two, the traveling, the travel log. Um, <laughs> so just yeah, like I've 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 slept on floors at events. I've I've slept in lavish hotels. I was in the same hotel as the vice president of the USA uh, one, and got out of the same wow. lift with him with all of his bodyguards. I was like, ah! um, yeah, just just that random stuff. Been intense. Um, I was I was able to go to the reopening of the Maracanã um, in in Brazil. I was working there. Uh, I got on the I got on the team plane. I flew to Brazil with the England players on their plane, um, and I sat next to a former member of Soccer AM. Uh, just like random stuff. Just my my entire last ten years has been brilliant, if not chaotic, and just a farce at times. Because just random things. I slept on a <laughs> one of my best friends. Me, me and my mate Dave. We slept on an airbed in Torquay um, together, um, and it went down. Uh, and we just woke up cuddling each other the following morning. <laughs> and, and we were we were teaching at Torquay United the, the next day. Uh, we we nearly died going to to Swindon in a in a van. Um, it's just just really random. We we drove all the way to Plymouth and back to Nottingham uh, to teach in the same day. That's a long way. Um, That's we a went journey. To, we went to Glasgow and back from Nottingham in a day uh, to again to teach. Just the things we've had to do to to make a quid, <laughs> you know, at times. Yeah. And and I think if you. If you look at if you look at life like it's really simple and there's a plan, then you're missing out because actually sometimes you just need to push the boundaries and see what happens. Oh no, hundred percent, hundred percent. And I guess that kind of leads nicely into uh, my next question uh, in regards to footy kit market. Um, obviously, if you've got stuff that you're working on and it's behind the scenes, that's totally fine. But is there anything in the pipeline? I'm also interested to hear a little bit more about the uh, about the quiz idea. I know that was mentioned a, a, a while ago and uh, something you might have mentioned with your uh, radio appearance the other night. Uh, so, yeah, is there anything you, you want to uh, that you, you can mention? Probably the best way to put it. <laughs> I, um, I explained this idea to my wife. And uh, if anybody knows me better, then I haven't met that person because my wife knows me inside and out. And she's just looked at me on, we're on Zoom. She just looked at me and went, you yeah. idiot. <laughs> so, uh, well, I know that. I mean, there, there aren't many things I don't know. And, and, and me being a bit of a plonker um, is, is one of them. So I, tell, I, I will talk about the quiz. I'm not allowed to talk about what we're going to do. But anyway, so uh, I, 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 can, I can already imagine Andrew listening to this going, do not say that. Um, sorry. <laughs> um, he's, the, he's, he's the very sensible one of the two of us, to be fair. So the quiz, the quiz show, uh, do you know, you wake up some mornings and clearly you've, you've had a dream or, or you've just, your mind has wandered in your sleep. And I've just woke up and gone, wouldn't it be great? I mean, no, no wake up sentence like that should ever be allowed to exist. Wouldn't it be great? No, no, it wouldn't. That's, so put it to bed. But I didn't. Wouldn't it be great if I created something where the community could come together and a wider community, like people who didn't even know that it existed and play a game against each other for a laugh? It's just for fun. Like mm -hmm. we could we could do this. <laughs> and then I realized that when I say we, I'm the only person in the room and I, re I actually mean me. And I'm like, why have you done this? Because now your head's full of it and it's, I can't get rid of it. And, and there's nowhere for me to go with it other than to just do it. So I half mentioned it again, like an idiot on Twitter. I was like, anybody fancy a quiz? 
about football shirts. Yeah, I'll do it. <laughs> um, oh, oh, damn, I've said it now. Um, you know, it's like, oh, it's like shouting, does anybody want a beer in a group of lads? Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I've only just been to the bar, but of course I'll have another one. Um, so I was like, oh, I've said it now. Um, so I can't really go back. And I was looking, I, was, I had, a, had a couple of days, I was out filming uh, a property with my drone and stuff. And I was like, Oh, I've really got to think about this and, and what I'm going to do. So I looked into the legal aspect of just getting shirts from the internet and showing them on YouTube. And I was like, that's going to get me in trouble straight away. So uh, the first thing I need is lots of pictures of shirts. Right. Um, so, and people are like, how many do you need? I've got 10. I was like, well, the way I've got this program in my head, <laughs> I'm going to definitely need 64 pictures each episode wow <laughs> so, so so i mean it depends on how many people want to have a go <laughs> but uh, in, by my re- by my recognition I, I was having a look my recollection sorry i was having a look the other day and i reckon there's 50 dms that have gone i'll have a go <laughs> so i'm like well that's 25 episodes because it's one against the other i was like so that's 25 times that's a lot it's a lot isn't it you know when you do it that way it's it's nearly as big a number as trying to buy that white fiorentina shirt with the nintendo across the middle yeah um, so, so, <laughs> so i was like right okay so so obviously i put this little advert out for people to say right if you would if you would kindly send me your shirts in the knowledge that I've got your permission to use them in this quiz. Um, because you've taken the picture. It's, it's legally, it's okay. So I was like, right, that's, that's my first hurdle. And, and I would like to say thank you to everybody that has sent shirts in. I do have several thousand pictures now. Um, <laughs> but the sad thing is, I mean, one, I've got to, I have to collate them all. That's the worst part. But two, I, I need more. So if you are listening to this and you want to send me a picture, don't send me one. <laughs> Get your entire collection out and send all of them. If you work for Classic Football Shirts, can I please have permission to use all of your pictures? Thank you. <laughs> um, and obviously, you know, if Wait, people want... podcast to them. <laughs> hey, if you, if you could put this on their doorstep and let them hear it. Uh, so basically, subside, uh, Classic Football Shirts. If you're hearing this, can I please borrow your pictures? Thank you. Um, so obviously, I've sort of said to people, you know, if you, if you want me to credit your picture, I will do mm-hmm. within, the, within, this, within the show. We're going to put it out on YouTube. And basically, my idea is that we'll have four rounds of, let's say it's me and you right now. I'll ask you four rounds worth of image-based questions. Uh, I think like one round is on the team that you support. So basically, I will give you 10 pictures of West Bromwich Albion shirts. Within two two minutes, you've got to tell me the beginning year they started using that shirt. Sounds good. I like it. Okay, right. So, yeah, yeah all right. Yeah. So, and, and, and I'm already envisaging people listening to this going, oh, I can do that. That's yeah. Easy, that. <laughs> um, yeah, okay. And I think like, I'm going to draw the line from like the middle of the 80s to like now. I might even go like, I might even go from the 90s to now because it's a lot in it you know like so, and that's home and away so i'll kind of mix it up a bit uh throw a few curveballs with third kits in there and so so that would be the first the first round and then a second round is 10 random shirts from around the world top divisions i okay. don't like so you might get one from the premier league you might get one from the scottish premier league maybe from you'll get andelect or you'll get uh something from the argentinian but i would only use kind of like the popular ones i'm not going to start going oh it was albanian's top flight team who finished third uh because <laughs> i mean like there's a level 
I, I still think there's a level of what people will know. I, I, again, I'm hearing people go Tbilisi. No, because I mean, all the clubs and <laughs> all the clubs there are called Tbilisi something. So, um, so, so like, you know, I'll, I'll make sure that the big teams, and so that's a round of 10. And then my other idea for the next round is to have like the club crests, but take everything out of it other than, than the image. So your, your shirt now is, is uh, you've got the Albion across the top there, West Bromwich Albion across the top. Mm-hmm. But then I will just take the wording away from that crest. Oh, um, I see. Okay. And try and see if people can guess the crest of the shirt. Now, bear in mind, we all look at football shirts. So what I'm interested in is how much, how much time do people give to, you know, say like the Nigerian Federation, would they recognise it from the eagle stood on the ball if I took the word Nigeria Football Federation Abuja um, which is where I went, by the way. Uh, if I took that away, would you get it? Would you know that that is the shirt? So that's the that's kind of the third round, and then the fourth. I don't know yet. I'm uh, I'm I'm still I'm still formulating the fourth round. Uh, I think what it'll be is a surprise shirt behind um, nine squares, and if you get it after one square is taken away, you get ten points. It's a bit catchphrase. Kind of catchphrase. Yeah, I'm just yeah. working on how it, I'm just kind of working on how it's going to look and how I'm going to present it. The the issue is like obviously, if I was in England, I'd just invite people to my house and do it. <laughs> and yeah, just yeah. I'd get like the guys who work for me to come and film it. Dead easy. So the the tricky part is going right. Uh, right, Simon from Winchester. When can you do it? I'll film you first. Uh, making sure I'm then sat in exactly the same position when Dorothy from Glasgow has a go. Um, And I record her bit (laughs) 16 hours later, Uh, you know, um, I think, um, I think I've let myself in for a massive, massive ask, but I think it'd be fun because what I, what I want people to do is I want them to watch the episode and have a go themselves and and sort of go, I got that. Uh, and the idea, the premise is that the two people will play head to head. You'll go first, and then Dorothy will go second. And the person with the most points will go on our leaderboard, and the other one will just go home. Well, they're already at home because they're not allowed out, are they? Um, so, so you know, the one goes on the leaderboard, and we'll do loads of episodes. And a little bit like if you remember uh, Top Gear when they have the reasonably priced car, and it's like the time just goes on the board. Yeah, yeah, and they shift it around. Yeah, for the entire season. And we'll just do as many episodes as we can until I'm fed up um, or or I've been put in prison for a breach of copyright or something. Um, (laughs) And then then we'll just, the winner at that point, whoever's got the most points, or maybe, maybe we'll have absolute brainiacs and some people will get every single point on show possible and we'll have a tie and maybe we could do something with a like a tie episode or something like that um i'm i'm trying to work on a prize what i would like <laughs> um because nothing's ever lost on me here uh, what i would like is is if people could donate a prize and we just build like a massive treasure chest i see right yeah yeah stuff but obviously, from from football kit market's perspective, I think we're either going to give like uh, monetary value to the website, or or maybe even just a shirt or, or or some shirts, but like the normal stuff, and then just kind of build it up. Um, so in my head, I've kind of got like two hundred quid's worth of stuff from 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 football kit market, and then maybe other people want to send me some stuff in, and it's all in one box, like the generation game, just like a massive box of freebies. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what you're playing for, sort of thing. Um, don't go mad. <laughs> um, but yeah, just 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 little just little bits of, like just 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 stuff like that. So like, for for instance, 
I, I, I feel like I'm quite a generous person. Uh, when we reach, if, when, if we reach two and a half thousand followers on Twitter, I've already said we'll do a massive giveaway. Uh, if you remember the one we did for one and a half thousand, where we yes. give like two shirts away in your size, two programs, two Corinthians, two hats, two books, two scarves, blah, blah, blah. You know, we went to, we went to town and, for, for 2,500, I'd like to do something bigger. So, you know, that sort of thing. So again, with the quiz, that's the kind of idea. Um, it's to, to promote, obviously, for, for ourselves, is to promote the, 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 the YouTube channel that we're going to build, to put the videos on. People can watch it through there. And then if they have a bit of fun, great. Um, what I do want, and I'll put a disclaimer out now, is I'm doing it on my own, which means I'm writing it, I'm producing it, I'm directing it, I'm presenting it, I'm editing it. <laughs> it's a mammoth task. Yeah. So, so keep your negativity in your kitchen drawers, yeah. Because I'm not, I'm not interested. Um, what, what I want to know is, I just want people to watch it and go, "I got 28." <laughs> That's <laughs> all I want. That's just, I don't want anything else. I don't. I, I, I know what I look like. I know what the set's going to look like. I kind of know what the program's going to look like, and it's going to be a bit nerdy for nerdy people who want to play, and that's great. So I don't really care for your opinions. I just want people to leave comments at the bottom going, "Well, I got thirty-seven. Yeah, I enjoyed uh, and it. Then I will, that. and then I will invite <laughs> you on and call you out." <laughs> Brilliant. Well, I, I really look forward to uh, hearing how that idea goes, mate. And uh, yeah. Good luck with it all. It sounds like quite a project. <laughs> yeah. I'm hoping, I'm, I mean, I, I, I'm not sure when this will be out, but by the end of this week, I'm hoping to have done a test run uh, with my staff. Um, and then we'll see how we go from there. Brilliant. Well, it's been, uh, it's been amazing to hear um, about, obviously, your businesses and the podcast. There's just one final thing that I like to ask um, all my guests uh, when we're coming up to the end of the podcast and that's uh, how how have things been with you um, during the pandemic I know we've touched on it from for quite a quite a few of the things we've already talked about business wise and obviously family wise but how are things in Bulgaria at the moment are the restrictions the same as here in the UK um, just how's things in general with you um it's been kind of different and then similar it's it's, mm -hmm. it's, a, it's a weird it's a weird thing there are you know, there are less than 7 million people here in Bulgaria. Um, there's maybe, there's maybe six if you ask, if you ask some people, but so if you take that in consideration, how many people live in London, um, of course, kind of yeah. gives you a, yeah, kind of gives you an idea of the scope uh, of our problem is it's not necessarily volume and containment and um, a collection of people that can infect each other quite easily. The issues we have is, um, the accessibility to, to medication. So um, they, I think they've started, they've started now um, administering the, the jab. I think here they, they, they think they'll get 2 million done this year. Okay. Um, we have, um, we have huge uh, areas of, of population where it is uh, like gypsy quarters or, 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 or Romani style living and that is a huge task to try and get them to, to educate them as to what they can like the, the, when, when it was first starting to outbreak here um, some of the small villages were just uncontainable because they were just they just live in, in small communities together um, and they were just infecting hundreds of people at a time by, by being together and mm. I think 
we were very slow to educate here from what I could see from the news reports. It was quite a slow process to really get out into the, to the countryside and, and explain to these small villages what was really happening. So we had a slow start to that. And I think we'll have a slow finish in the sense that I think last week the malls opened. Um, so you can now go to the mall uh, again with, with face masks and stuff. We sort of had a holiday season, which was a bit weird because a lot of the countries like shutting down and we, we opened up the borders to allow people in from certain countries and you know, as long as they quarantined or then the Bulgarians were allowed to travel within Bulgaria to, to have a holiday on the coast. And I live kind of on the coast. Where I, was, I was seeing this firsthand and it was rather bizarre. Like it's a four hour journey from Sofia, the capital, mm -hmm. um, but you were allowed to come on holiday. And it was like, well, yeah, but so what you're saying is they can't possibly have COVID because they're Bulgarian. So, but you won't let somebody in from the Czech Republic or from Germany or from England. But you're all, you're allowing this guy to drive from Sofia to sit on to sit in a restaurant on the coast, right? But you won't allow somebody to fly in, you know, like and yeah, yeah, almost yeah. almost as if they denied the existence was here within their own sort of thing. Um, it's a it's a it's a strange place. The school's closed for quite a while, and then now they're open. My daughter goes to the kindergarten every morning. Uh, I have to wear a mask when I take her in. The teachers are wearing masks. Uh, I don't. Yeah, like I'm not a scientist, so I don't I don't understand it fully. And, and I think you know when I read things about um, I read things about the kids back in the UK, and you know some people want want them to be allowed in because young kids can't carry it, et cetera, or this, that, and the other, or but then I, I read something else that says they're breeders. And it's like, so, you know, my dad, my dad is, my daddy's in his early seventies. My mum's in her early sixties and uh, they, they live with my sister and, and her daughter. So, you know, like part of me is like, well, I don't want, I don't want my niece to go to school and potentially bring something back that, that may affect my dad. Uh, bless him, he had his jab today, which was great. Oh, amazing news. Yeah, great news. Uh, really funny, actually. My dad, um, my dad and his brother uh, were both were both. They don't live anywhere near each other. Uh, they, my dad, my, my uncle lives in Brighton. My dad lives in, in Nottingham, uh, and they both had their jab today. They were oh. both given. The, they were both told they could have their jab on exactly the same day. I thought it was really weird. Perfect um, coincidence. So, so du double bonus, a double yeah, jab. Yeah. 100%. Um, so um, so yeah, like I find I find the whole thing frustrating. Um, somebody was asking me today about when COVID kicked in and, and work. And I was saying like, within weeks, we lost thousands, thousands of pounds worth of work, you know, um, a ridiculous amount of money um, worth of work that was in the diary, was planned, was scheduled. And some of those events have been like, let's just keep talking about it. Maybe we'll have it, maybe we'll have it. And you get, you know, you get into October and then you get into January now and, some events are like, well, you know, it was meant to happen last March. It's not going to happen this March either, is it? So it's highly frustrating. Yeah. Um, I, I've lost count of the countries I've been to, and I don't mean that in a, in a vulgar way. I mean it in a, in a, in a I'm very fortunate way. And in the last 12 months, I've only flown to Britain once and back again. And I find that that's really alien to me. Uh, but a part of Alan being Alan, I'm, I'm, I'm talking a third person sense here, but <laughs> part of Alan being Alan is to try and look at, I feel like I'm in Inception, uh, is to try and look at, uh, it's a terrible film, try and look at the positives for me. Of course. Um, and 
what it's allowed me to do is spend an enormous amount of time with my daughter, which incredible. I've sacrificed. Like I, I've, I've done that on purpose to create a life for the last, since she, you know, she's six in, 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 in March. So for the last five or so years, I've, I've sacrificed, and so has my wife, um, our time with her at times to, to create a lifestyle, a, a comfortable lifestyle. You know, we, we can afford, she has, she has Bulgarian and English lessons. She has swimming lessons. We can afford to do that. My, my parents couldn't afford that for me. Um, my wife's parents couldn't afford that for her. And you bust your ass to, to, to do what you can for your, for your wife or your, your children. Or at least, at least that's what you should do. If you don't, then address yourself because the ones around you are the ones that are the most important. So I've, I've been able to have time with Camille and that is like, we've laughed and we've bonded more probably than ever before. And she, we've always had a special relationship. She, we, we've always been like the cheeky two as, as Francesca tries to put us in, in line, but we've, you know, now it's just me and her whilst Francesca is working as well. We've, we've had to form this little relationship and she helps me with stuff and she wants to sweep the floor and she wants to, she wants to help me empty Amazing. the bin. And so, so in a part of me, like the beginning of 2020, I flew to, I flew to Abuja. I flew to a place called Sakhalin, which is a small island um, off the coast of Russia near, near Japan. It's, that, it's actually closer to Japan than it is Russia. Mm -hmm. uh, I went to Manchester to an event there. Then I went to Madeira to do a site visit for something. And like, that was my life. That was, that was less, than, less than three months. I, I did all that. Uh, and I had knee surgery. Uh, at the beginning of January last year. So, wow. so my life has always been quite, quite hectic. So I'm looking at the positive and the positive is that it's allowed me to, to really get to know my daughter and to help her with her, with her English. You know, she's trying to learn two languages and I, I respect to anybody that can do that. I, I struggle with English. Um, so to, <laughs> to, to learn, to learn two is, is phenomenal. So I've, I've had time with her and, and we've, we've played and we've read books and we've, we've, we've danced and we've watched, Greatest showman about six million bloody times. Um, <laughs> and uh, do you know what? I, for, for all that's happened, I wouldn't swap this, the, the year it's given me with her. Um, so maybe, maybe I'll look back when I'm older and she's left home and got a family of her own. And maybe I'll look back at the end of 2020 and the beginning of 2021 and that would be differently to some people because maybe that's the year I got to spend more time with my daughter. Amazing. And I think... I think, you know, that's, that's what this time has, has taught everybody really and made us realise that your close family, you, you know, your close friends, that is what's important in life. It's relationships, isn't it? It's people, it's the connections you make along the way. And what we've touched on almost with shirts, you know, it's, it's great having the, you know, the newest release shirt. It's great having a nice car. It's great having a nice house. You know, these things are all good, but at the end of the day, when you look, when you look at, when I, you know, when I look at my life personally, the most important thing to me is is my relationships. Yeah, and, I, um, I, I was lucky enough to become friends with a, a footballer's wife, if you like. Um, myself and my myself and my wife became friends with this lady, and uh, over the last sort of year, she stayed in the UK whilst he went to go and play in another country, mm -hmm. and I think. Covid kind of knocked her for six a little bit, yeah. And eventually she just went, "I'm just going to go and live in that country with him because I've got to," you know. That's it. And so each each person will make a sacrifice, and I think 
I think as long as you as long as you come out of this healthy, obviously that's that's not always an option for, for so many. Obviously, people have, have lost their lives or, or it's infected their, affected their lives already. But I think you, you have to take something away from this experience. Whether you you know whether you started up a shirt company or or or, or a seller, you become a seller in your spare time because you've got it now, or you filled your time by by getting involved in in a in an area that you perhaps weren't aware of. You know, I saw somebody the other day, a, a guy called Ross. Um, he was uh, he was asking if people found the shirt community a little bit clicky, or or maybe it was you know maybe people just weren't responding to him or this that and the other. And I was like, Do you know what? It's, I think that just mirrors life. I think, I think yeah. the shirt community itself just just mirrors life. Like there's, we, we've got some of us have got more time than others. Some people, you know, again, I'll go back to Ellis, um, Ellis Platten, and you know, he's great at actually answering people, and that and that's a, a true dedication to to trying to grow what he's got because it's not easy. Like you're you're trying to do stuff, and if I always say to people, you know, if you sat on your hands, you're not doing enough. Like that's that's the way I look at life. If you, yeah, yeah. if you find if you're bored, it's your fault because you're not filling your life up with something. And that you know whether that's I don't read. Like people people think that the people who are close to me find this hilarious. I read nothing. Like I'm I'm an awful reader. I've got I think I think t- take take three of the autobiographies I've I've read. One's Mick Foley. So that'll give you a level. It's like, you know, not even watership down. Um, like, so that gives you a level of the human that I am. But <laughs> um, so, so, but, but I have, I fill my time. Um, I don't, I don't play computer games anymore. I just, I just don't have the time. I, if I'm not with my family, I'm with my work and I'm okay with that. Like my, my downtime is things like this. Like you, you want to say, come and chat. I love chatting. And I mean, the fact that this is nearly frigging three hours is probably, uh, probably a, a good advert of that. But, but, but I find that people want to listen to when I'm talking. So that's great. If I, if I can tell a story and people listen to it, fabulous. But honestly, you know, if you're listening to this and you're, you, you think to yourself, I have loads of free time and I get bored, then stop doing that. That change, change that. That is, that is something you can change. Fill that time with something. Go, go and steal a Nerf gun from Toys R Us and, and become very good at shooting stuff with a Nerf gun. Anything's a hobby. Like something, exactly. you know, like it doesn't have to be collecting shirts because maybe a bit like those games you buy on your phone where it's great for the first half an hour and then you've got, you've got to pay 99p to get to the next level or wait seven hours for it to load, you know, and that's what football shirt finding is all about. Like, oh yes, I found a load of shirts. I'm going to buy those ones. I can't afford anything now. I'm going to wait. I'm just going to sit and watch, you know, and you're living vicariously through other people's purchases. So get some other hobbies, do some, do something else. Um, Like my lads, I always say to me, if you get downtime, go back to Photoshop and make yourself better at Photoshop. Go back to Final Cut Pro and make yourself better at editing. Go back to Audacity or whatever audio package you're using these days. And I've just rolled one out there. And I'm definitely not the right person for that. J-Mo, J-Mo who works for me is going to go, we don't use that. Um, so whatever. <laughs> but, but go, you'd, I'd definitely pay for something else. Go, go, for, go, go, and, go and practice your audio editing skills. You know, go and make something yeah. to, pass your, to pass your time. Upskill upskill at all times my old man my old man's been taking him to himself to his shed and like rehashing tables and chairs my mum's like i don't know what's wrong with him 
And I'm like, he's <laughs> just, he's just filling his time. It's fine. You That's know, he, it. can't to, he can't go to the pub and see his friends. He can't go to the football. He can't, you know, like he, he moans about my mum dragging him to the shops, but I know he enjoys being out and about and just having to walk around in the fresh air and stuff. And he can't do all of that. So, so he's decided he's going to, he's going to remake tables or, or fix a vase or something. And I'm like, do you know what? Everybody, that's not that, not that's exactly what you need to do, but that's exactly the mindset. Like if you've got oh, free time, go and do something with it. And you've got to make the most of the time and see if you can, uh, you know, progress and, and learn these new skills and yeah, but anyway, it has been so good to have you on today, Alan. So good to chat to you. I feel like we've covered so much and yeah, it's been absolutely brilliant. So yeah, thanks for your time this evening, mate. I really do appreciate it. Uh, thank you very much for having me. Okay, well, thanks guys for listening. I will leave all the links to uh, Alan's various social medias and uh, footy kit market and some of the stuff we've talked about, uh, which I mentioned that will all be down in the description. So please feel free to check it out. Thanks again for listening and tune in again next time. Mm-hmm.